you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. going on i am tank this is jay valentine the valentine and this is the r&b money podcast the authority on all things r&b and we got in the building mm. me and his brother go back like way back like yeah. we yeah, yeah. we used to rent lamborghinis from the same guy <laughs> now we can afford our own lamborghinis <laughs> you understand what i'm saying he can get more lamborghinis than me now he <laughs> he can get lambos we got this brother in the house, man. I don't know how he did it. I don't know how he's doing it, but he's continuing to change the game and elevate himself and all the people around him. We're going to find out today. We're going to find out today. Back. Hitmaker in the building. Yes. Break this shit up. Break this shit up. First of all, thank you, bro. No, thank you for having me. Thank you, bro. Thank y'all for having me. Y'all my brothers, man. Appreciate you being here, man. I've watched you for a very long time. I think you were sitting in an expedition. Sound was it right. expedition? Yeah. In 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 the uh, in the parking lot at, Underdog. at the Underdogs. Yeah. Old joint on on in North Hollywood. And you pulled and up, I pulled up in a ghost. Yeah. And you had the window <laughs> down. You were smoking a little bit. You had your leg up. And you said, "Listen, man, you need to get some records from me." And I looked at you. And I looked at you. And I was like, "I need to get some records from you." Yeah. yeah. You. You need to get some records from me. I got hits. You got hits. Okay. R&B hits? I got everything. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to call you. I'm going to call you. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga was already in his bag. All right, man. listen. Like, listen. Man. Cut to you called it. Yeah. You had them. You got them. There was some crazy times. The underdogs, bro. Like, I know y'all experience with the underdogs is way different than mine, but just like, catching that wave and being around Damon and Harvey and all them at the time. Man, you got to think, they had like the Avengers of songwriters yeah. and oh, producers okay. all yeah. in that. Yourself, Jay, um, JQ, what's Dawkins. Yeah, it Dawkins, was just like, Tony Dixon. E, bro, it was amazing. I learned a lot really at that. And that's what I met Aaron Ray that signed an Interscope oh, or whatever yeah. at Underdogs. Shout out to Aaron yeah, Ray. And we, that, we built our relationship, but man, damn. Shout out to Damon, bro. I just seen his Vlad TV interview. You are a wild boy. <laughs> <laughs> listen, and if Hitmaker calls you a wild boy, hey, yeah. you, you a wild boy. You, listen, I used to live with him. So, you know, when I was damn near homeless, he let, he let me stay in one of his rooms. He was solid, it, though. He was cool, No, man. listen. Listen, we was up on top of the hill, and the pool 
it would it would simmer and the steam would come off of it. We used to call it hot dog water. And so, you know. <laughs> that shit don't sound right, but yeah, you know what? Well, pause, well pause, pause, pause. Pause. we'll pause it, but you know what's going on in there. Uh, so listen, with 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 our with our pod, right. you know what I'm saying, like we are we we celebrate the music. Okay. A hundred percent. And you go back a long way, even before Hitmaker. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? You had hits before Hitmaker. Yeah. You had hits yeah. as a real hit right Young Bird. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. Yeah. I think that Iceberg. Yeah. I think there huh? was DMX huh? with DMX first. People, yeah. people, I don't want people to get lost in in what they see now mm-hmm. and not understand the process right. and what it took for you to fucking get here, bro. Yeah. And and if we can Start at the beginning okay. and kind of and kind of get to those pivotal points that were game changing for you, and then make our way to one of the craziest chains I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. If we can make our way there, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the, the people would yeah. love that. Okay. I so the beginning. I'm from South Side of Chicago. You know what I'm saying? So I started there. And like um, a lot of people don't know, my parents are millionaires. So like I came from Not like def- no, I didn't yeah, know. like I ain't never had a sandwich, a hot dog, a hamburger, a lunchable. I ain't never had Burger King. I briefly like a McDonald's nugget maybe or something like that. I ain't never had none of that shit in my life, and I'm in my mid thirties right now. So like that ain't never happened to me ever. I ain't had peanut butter and jelly. I ain't never had a motherfucking uh. You had chefs. Yeah. You know I'm. You know I met his pops. No. I met his pops at the BMI Awards. <laughs> yeah. Me. This fool and Damon Thomas at the same table and his daddy. Yeah. I call him Papa. His daddy cool in the motherfucker <laughs> and he keep his camera out. Yeah, he said, wait. He said, wait. Because he saw somebody else talk to me. He said, wait, did they say you, you was Jay Valentine? I'm like, yeah, like, nigga, I ain't put out records in a hundred years. He like, I know who you are. Let's take this picture. <laughs> he said, because I'm gonna get a picture with everybody in here tonight. He in a mix. So. Nah, he not playing. Nah, so that that happened. And then um I was, you know, back in the day, I was I well, my next door neighbor was Shauna from Disturbing the Peace or whatever, where I getting some head. Her dad is Buddy Guy. So they were yes. my next door neighbor. They were the first people I seen indoor pool, outdoor pool, flexed up or whatever. So she was in rap groups and she was rapping and like that kind of like rubbed off on me, my brothers and like all the people around her or whatever. So I just seen it from that view. And then as I got older, I was just a bad kid, bro. Like not really bad, like, like, yeah, I was bad. So, like, my parents got a divorce, and my dad went back to the city and lived in one of his apartment buildings. So you went Malibu's like, most wanted. Pretty much. Like, he went back to the hood, <laughs> and uh, we was living in his apartment building on the east side of Chicago, whatever, because my dad is, like, a real, like, real estate mogul in Chicago. But he, when they had a divorce, we left the big house, and he like, fuck it, I'm going to just go live in one of my buildings, and I'm going to raise my son. So I didn't live with my mom. I went and lived with my dad. I got, like, the opposite story. So from there, like, man, I started drinking and smoking probably, like, sixth grade, something like that. Like, so I remember being in love with raps and shit, and, like, my daily routine, like, my dad would give me, like, $12 for lunch money. I would go and buy, like, a nickel bag of weed. I would buy a half pint of secret gin. I would get on the bus and write raps and go to school. And At just, what age? This was, like, eighth grade, freshman year in high school. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I was wild. And I used to have a crackhead go buy me a half pint of secret gin. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Hey man, you guys, <laughs> you and this guy, y'all, y'all no, gotta stop. No, no, no. I, I did my research on him. He's different. Yeah, he's different. Like for real, for real. Oh, so, man. 
from there, I ended up meeting up some street niggas. You know the whole story. And then um, pretty much I created a demo with this guy named Bugs, who still works with Kanye to this day. They like right hand or whatever. So my demo had Jesus Walks beat on it. My demo had all wait, these wait, different- Wait, 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 wait. That actual beat. The beat to Jesus Walks was a song by me before it was Kanye's song, and it was on my demo, which led to me to get signed as a kid. So from there, boom, the, the, the dope boy, the, the street dudes or whatever, they take me, and then like we do the whole little tour. Like I remember Tommy Boy wanted to sign me. Um, uh, I met a whole bunch of different people. Out here, there used to be a club called Luna Park, and I think like the, the, the Lakers had just won a championship. Now, mind you, back when I was a little dude, I was like four foot four. Like I was like little, little Berg or whatever, for real, for real. And I rapped for like Jay-Z, Dame Dash, Dr. Dre, all these different people. So everybody was offering me deals. And just so happened, Eve had a stylist named Joe Exclusive that I hey, knew. Shout out, to, shout out to Joe <laughs> Exclusive. Hey, listen, shout out to Joe Exclusive, man. Always yeah. somewhere. Always in the mix, (laughs) for sure. That was Eve's stylist, and I've been around Eve a lot, so he introduced me to DMX at What These Bitches Want from a nigga video shoot at the Paramount or whatever, and then from there, I gave DMX my my demo, and he was like, yo, shorty, uh, I'm about to go smoke, but uh, I'm going to get to you later, or whatever. So he went, smoked, and I went and I rapped for him, and like I'm from Chicago, so my first rap was like, I said, I don't know if in a pimp with a 10 smoke a pimp to the hemp, and and, and, like some twister shit. And he was like, yo, shorty, I don't understand what the fuck you saying. Give me another one. So I did another one. The whole fucking trailer erupts. And the next day I come back. Aaliyah's there. They in the trailer playing my music. They going crazy or whatever. Lead to me signing the DMX. And that's you, how I became Iceberg. 14. Like a real kid. But I was, right. I was, I was, I was like me now. I was smoking cigarettes, smoking weed, drinking. So who rest. you with? You with, the, you with your guys from Chicago. You're not yeah. with Pops. You're not... No, I wasn't with Pop, so like you I- You moving like a grown man. Yeah, like I was really rebellious. And you gotta think, back in those days, the rapping was about staying true to, like, I mean, I had so many bricks in my raps or whatever, like I wanted to be industry. Like I was literally selling crack. Like like my parents were millionaires and I was spitting out rocks and selling them to my like crackheads in a, on the corner. Like I really wanted to live that life, like and be about that with my raps. So from there, my pops and them seen I was so rebellious that they just didn't stand in my way. I was leaving regardless. Whether y'all let me go or whatever, I'm going regardless. So they took me all these different places, and then that was my first time meeting Ray J. And then DMX was just like, shorty, I'm going to sign you. It's not going to be quick, but I'm going to sign you. And I was like, I bet. And um, the street dudes that brought me there, they got insecure because I was working with, everybody wanted to sign me, and I wasn't the lead act. Like The guys like Son was the lead act. And who is son? Who is son? Who is son? I won't say his name. He's still in the music business or whatever. God bless him or whatever. So that shit happened. And like this was like my first like crazy experience in the music business. Like I never forget it. We was in New York and DMX was pulling up the quad studio and they like, yo, we gonna DMX wanna see you. I was there with Eve with the street guys. So the street guys, like, they pulled me in the bathroom, like, nigga, you act like you wanna sign a DMX nigga, we gonna kill your mama, we gonna kill your daddy nigga, we don't give a fuck about I'm like, <gasps> like, damn, like I'm a kid, I'm 14. So I see X, I was holding back a little bit, X telling me, like, we got the deal, we're gonna give you fifty thousand dollars in advance, we gonna do this, but I couldn't really show no love. So we went back to Chicago. 
and we in the studio, and the guy that owned the studio came in, and he wasn't a rapper. He just went and got in the booth while we was in there working, like, yeah, shorty, I'll bust a nut in your mama face, and I'll do this, that, and third. I'm like, damn, this nigga dissing you. me. Yeah. So I went in the booth, and I lit his ass up, flamed his ass up, and shit, from there, when I came out the booth, pop, pop, niggas just started putting hands on me or whatever, and they, like, locked me in the room, and, like, books was the guy that pulled me out the room, and then that's how I got out my contract with the street guys or whatever, and then I signed my deal with DMX, and that's how I, that started and left so out So Bugs of was the Yeah, the he top was the guy. producer. He's a top producer guy that just taught me all the stuff. Like was the, he a street guy? No, he's a producer. He's just a, a music guy, but the street guy that was running this shit was on some Suge Knight shit. So when, like, after he rapped and after he put the pieces on me, he, like, handed me a pen and a, and a, and a, and a, and a paper, like, write a rap, nigga. Write a rap. I own you, nigga. And then I was a kid, so once they put hands on me, I, you know, I went back and told my parents, and that's how I got out that deal with the street dudes. And then DMX signed me directly. Shit. So, Man. yeah, that's like early And this is the beginning. Yeah. This is your first experience in the music business. Yes. Amazingly enough, so that was that was pretty crazy, and then that started the DMX era, the Bloodline era. Like, rest in peace to X, man. That man was, was really good to me, you know what I'm saying? Pause and uh, man, I mean, he stole my first piece of pussy. Like, I was still a virgin. He he, he dirty stole my first piece of ass. Like, he stole it. Was we, it really yours though? Because yes. he was the star. Yes, but look, so look. We go, <laughs> yes, it was mine. It was, it was mine. mine. We, it we was all mine. listen. We all know how this shit goes. Genuine took. <laughs> took a bunch of rocks. So look, we in a, we in Canada filming Exit Wounds, the movie or whatever, with Steven Seagal and all them, and I'm up there with him while he's up there, and we go to a club and we vibe, and he loves pool, so we go to a club that got pool tables in it, and we vibing and whatever, and I found me a joint. And I'm vibing with the joint the whole night. So you know the play. The artist, when he leave, he leaving his car. And then the entourage, they get in with the homies, the that's security. Really, really so good. I got in with the entourage with the girl, too. And I'm in the bag. I'm playing with some pussy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's my first time. So this nigga DMX is literally a dog, though. Like, rest in peace. He's literally like a real dog in human form. So, like, I get out the car. He already in his room. Security and got his straight. I go up there. And, like, he had the presidential suite. And I was in room, like, 1602, right next to his. So I get there, and I'm putting the key in the room. And next thing I know, the door fling open the presidential suite. He like, yo, yo what up, Jordy? I'm like, what up? He like, uh, hey, yo, ma, uh, I think you left your purse in my, in, in my room. And we never been to the hotel at all. Like we, we met these women at the hotel, oh, and I, she made a beeline away from me, and I never seen that woman again. <laughs> so what I'm going to tell you, my brother, it wasn't yours. It wasn't yours. <laughs> you you weren't you weren't hitmaker yet. It, weren't, you, it wasn't. You yours. wasn't hitmaker, and that was your introduction into this shit. Yeah, I was trying to jump in the game, man. He took he took my took my vibe away from me, man, for real. Shit. So yeah. uh, whoever you are, young lady. If you're watching this right now, you're not low and you're viral now. <laughs> <laughs> you're viral. <laughs> so what's the what's the next pivotal point? Do you okay. think after signing the DMX, uh -huh. now it's time, now it's time to show and prove. You got to put some numbers on the board. Yeah. yeah. So I think that X, when they gave him the deal or whatever, he was just so on fire that he didn't really know the business of. And that's Bloodline really, Interscope or what was that? Def Jam. Bloodline Def so Jam. So he okay. wasn't in the, the the vibe of really creating a business. He was X. You know what I'm saying? But he had the right people around him. Shout out to Jazz Young, Tina Davis, Kevin Lyles, Leo, all the people that was around or whatever. So at that point, the nigga gave me a dog and was like, shorty, you got to take this dog everywhere with you. So, like, I literally had a dog, a pit bull, and I took the dog everywhere, a dog taking a shit in Def Jam in front of Leor office. They ain't saying nothing to me or whatever. Like, I'm really running around with a dog from there. At 14, too. Yes. So, 
Here's a crazy chain of events. So now I, I, I got guns and shit in my house or whatever. Like, I'm wilding. So, like, my, one of my peoples double cocked the gun while I wasn't there, and the gun went off. And I was living in a townhome, so the gun went through my floor and went through a baby's carriage, but thank God the baby wasn't there. So the police rushed my crib that they had paid for me. I was living in Edgewater, New Jersey, or whatever. This word got back to my mom and my dad, and then, you know, them being rich people, i never forget, I went back to Chicago, and my mom hit me like, yo, I want to take you to the mall. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm about to go back to New York. I do want to grab a couple of things. Come on, let's go. So we went. She getting all these mysterious phone calls and shit. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? She's like, oh, it's my new husband. He's going to meet us at the mall. So we go in the mall. I buy some shit. I come out. And it's two Samoan niggas, like six-foot niggas at, at my mom's car. And I'm like, what's up? And she's like, and they're like, hey, Chris, these guys are working on my house. And they're like, oh, we hear you do music. Good to meet you. And I'm like, yeah. And then my mom is just like, Chris, you got to go to school. And just went and jumped in her car, nigga, popped the trunk. And it was all closed and shit like that. So now I'm in the parking lot of the mall fighting with these two Samoan niggas. They put me in cuffs, the plastic cuffs. And they put all the shit out my mom's trunk and put it in the car. And they put me in a rental car. So now I'm just riding. What? Yes, it's a real They kidnap story. you. Yes, I'm riding. I got a record deal. I'm signing to Def Jam. I'm doing all this shit. So we driving. I'm like, all right, bet. We in Chicago. Now we downtown Chicago. I'm like, oh, where the fuck we going? They like, we can't tell you nothing. We'll, you'll know when you get there. So now we at O'Hare Airport. I'm like, what the fuck is we doing at the airport? So they holding me as we walk through TSA, and it's two Samoan dudes, and it was a black lady. She's like, get your hands off that boy. What you got? I'm like, I don't know them. I run away in the airport. I run to a daddy and my dumb ass. I'm like, man, just take me wherever y'all going to take me. We get there. We get on the first plane. We go to Vegas. They give me a note. The note was from my mom basically saying she signed away all her child parental rights to a, a concentration camp type shit, and I was going to school or whatever. And from there, I ended up in Spokane, Washington. From there, I ended up in Thompson Falls, Montana. And that's how I lost my record deal with DMX. They put me in a boarding school to where you couldn't look at girls, you couldn't have condiments, blah, blah, and they paying $5,000 a month for you to be there. So while you're there and they telling you a piece of shit, your parents is going to seminars to convince them to tell them this is the best thing for you. Now, me being a delinquent, I acted up there. They sent me to Jamaica to some shit called High Impact. So I had to walk. The same school sent you to Jamaica? Yes. Or your parents? My, well, so these they people over their rights. These people yeah. are just moving you around. They though. signed over their rights. I was being, I was acting out in Montana and they sent me to some shit called High Impact in Jamaica. I had to walk 100 laps with a 10 pound brick on my back to oh, get shit. back to Thompson Falls, Montana. And I did that. And then my father finally came and got me like nine months later. I didn't know 9-11 happened. I didn't know nothing. You couldn't watch TV. You couldn't read books. You couldn't do it. So you basically just cut off from the world. And that's how I lost my record deal with DMX. What's the name of this school? It was called Spring Creek Academy. What? And they, if you Google it right now, like they got shit where like the people, the guards were, were sexually harassing people. Like they found out that the owner of the shit was a molester. Like it's like a crazy, crazy story. That's kind of what that what Paris, Paris Hilton went through. Oh, they sent there to a boarding school too? Yeah, they sent there to a place. And, and people don't realize that, and not even just black, any, like, rich people. Mm -hmm. Rich people send their kids to boarding school. Mm -hmm. Like, this is a thing. I was on the way to a boarding school. Yeah. My mama said, you do one more thing. So what happened? They you out. Your parents couldn't afford the boarding school? That's why you didn't go? No. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't do that thing. What, what happened? I think I, that's what saved you. I, I, the 5K a month. That's when I got kicked out of school. Mm -hmm. So when I got finally kicked out, like my, my, my father came up to the school. Mm -hmm. It's like maybe like a month and a half left of school. Mm -hmm. My father came up to school for like the you know, 13th, 14th time. Mm -hmm. 
And the principal looked at my father and said, listen, if you take him home and never bring him back, I'll pass him. <laughs> take him home. Oh, you was like me. Man, my, my but man. he was doing this in a military house. My father military. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was tripping. He was really tripping. He was really tripping. What? I got torn out of the frame. Our shit was different. See, I was getting all Fs. My whole park car was F. Oh. When I got D's, boy, I was getting Jordans. I got a C, boy, I was getting a Jordans. That's crazy. <laughs> but you know, you know what the wild thing about wow. that? And I was having a conversation with my guy, Bo, that produces the show with mm -hmm. us. We were talking about that. And a lot of times what it is is this curriculums. Yeah. Right? Like, you were a talented child, mm -hmm. right? That doesn't mean that that fits inside of the frame of the, the way that our curriculums no, are set up. That's they were a trying fact. to teach you. Yeah. Yeah. They were 100%. trying to teach you things that you were never going to use in your life, mm -hmm. right? Because let's, let's be honest, most of these things are built on people raising workers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because Employees. For, for societies sure. to work, mm -hmm. you need workers. Yeah. So a lot of times they only teach you to be that, right? So when you have this talent, that's why you see so many kids that have become successful say, they told me I wasn't going to never be shit. Mm -hmm. It's some of you niggas out here lying. Some of you niggas lying. Your teacher didn't tell you that, <laughs> you little dumbass. Yeah. Um, but it did happen to a lot of kids, though, yeah, that yeah. didn't want to pay attention in there because these things didn't pique their interest. I'm interested. So I look at someone like yourself and I see your successes and I'm like, oh, okay. I get it. Mm -hmm. It's not like, oh, he didn't know it and he's not a smart dude because you obviously a smart guy. You know how to run your business. But these things that they were teaching and the way that they were teaching you were not in. advantageous to where you were going. Hell no. Nah. I wasn't there. And I'm glad. I'm, I won't remember that point because it's something that happened later in my life when I worked at Atlantic Records that remind me of what you just said or whatever. So I'm, I'm going to keep that in mind when we get to, the, get to that moment, though, for real. Yeah. That, that's all facts right there, for sure. So your pops come get you out of boredom. So he saved you. Yeah. He, wait, but did he sign off? Did he off? know you were going there? You know, I've been so bad. You know how you just so terrible to your parents that your dad might drop Mike and be like, man, I you can't even get... Right. Your mama, my right, parents right. I divorced. I did everything I could do. My mama harping on doing this shit, but I ain't put him in a position to where he could throw any more flack back. I'd already been so bogus that it was like, all right, man, go right. ahead. You right. know what I'm saying? So he came and got me. I found out 9-11 happened. I found out Aaliyah passed. I ain't know nothing. Like, I got... Wow. I love Aaliyah. I got a tattoo of Aaliyah on the back of my neck before Drake and all that mm -hmm. stuff or whatever. Shout out to Drake. But, um... So from there, like, my dad would just put me on game. Like, yo, you know you got cousins that do music, too. Like, Kenny Gamble is your cousin. Gamble and Huff. Gamble I'm like, who is, who is that? And then they start, he started putting me on game with, like, all the records they had wrote or whatever. So I'm like, damn, that's what's up. And my dad took me back to the city. He invested in me. He helped me get in the studio or whatever, get some studio time. And from there, I was, like, making dope music. And I went and I knew Eve. And then Troy Carter became my manager, Troy and Jay Irvin. They, were, they had Troy a company Carter. called Irving Wonder yeah, back in the day. Shout out to Jerry Irvin. Yep. And then Eve got the TV show to do on UPN. Mm -hmm. So at that point, Troy was like, I'm moving to L.A. If you want to come to L.A., I think this is where you could break and I can help you give you some opportunity or whatever. So I moved to L.A. If you're looking for the most epic place on Earth... Let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, 
keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. paid for my little condo or whatever, I moved to LA and then I was out here and I was working with Troy and then the first project they got me was Eve. I wrote the, the title track, the hook to the title track on Eve's album Evolution and I was like damn, like I didn't even know what ghostwriting was or writing whatever but I was just doing anything to get a couple dollars or to do anything to be in a mix. From there we did Barbershop soundtrack that Eve was on. And then um, I ended up meeting a lot of people, and I met this girl named Morgan Smith that Eve was the executive producer of the project, and Troy and Jay had signed her to Interscope. And she was a young woman, pretty rapper, beautiful girl. Mm -hmm. And um, I wrote a whole album. And so, like, I, the project's on Interscope. Rapping. Yeah, I wrote the whole album, top to bottom, damn, executive produce, what, produced it, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I was pretty much her. So that was my first way to get into the game, and I'll never forget this shit. Um, this nigga, well, now, Troy, my brother now, too. I'm, I'm going to say this. Most of my life story, you might as well say yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the nigga, um, Troy had had me wearing, like, his diamond chain. This back when diamond chains first popped off with the doll tag or whatever. I was wearing this shit. And um, fucking uh, the nigga, we in there, we working on the album. I remember we doing this shit. And uh, I'm like, well, shit, what's up? Like, you know, like, I wrote the album. Like, it's time to get paid. Like, what's up? Y'all got some bread for me? He like... Nigga, uh, that chain, that's your payment for the album. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's it. But he was my manager and my dog, and I love Jury so much as y'all still can see that. I was just like, uh, yeah, you know what? All right, I'm going to take the chain. I'm going to ride it out. And this is the funniest part of the story. So we go, and House of Blues is still alive, and it's still running. And um, they were managing Jadakiss at the time, too. So I went in there, I got drunk with Jada Kiss on Hennessy, I'm loaded or whatever, me and Troy, so you know you get loaded, so now I'm mad about not having no money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yo, yeah. Fuck this goddamn shit. Me, y'all know Troy a little too. Me and Troy got into a fist fight altercation in front of them oh, fucking. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> These niggas had a lightweight battle. <laughs> a 135. In, in, in front of the House of Blues, like you know where the London is, like right on that little road. What are you talking yo. about? Y'all ain't the only two niggas who's had Bro. fights right there. <laughs> <laughs> so we fought, and he took the chain, and the chain popped or whatever, and he took the chain. So now I'm like, damn, where the chain at? He like, yeah, I'm going to get it to you, whatever, blah, blah, <laughs> And uh, he ended up giving the chain away. I ain't going to get into details about that, you know what I'm saying, because that's my dog or whatever. But he gave the chain away, and I was just like, damn. Like, I just felt so betrayed. Like, damn, I wrote this shit. Subsequently, the girl ended up getting dropped. Her mom was a movie, and all that other stuff happened. So now I was just back at square one with now Troy and Jay. Now? Maybe 18. 17. 18. Something like you that. You still ain't really grown. Nah, at all. So from there, 
Like I'm for, I'm on hard times, you know what I'm saying? I think Troy and Jay, I remember that's when they became like the uh remember Vincent Herbert, they did a deal with Vincent Herbert and they had like this fucking office on Sunset, on sunset. or whatever. Yeah, blah blah blah. Yeah. And it was a Matthew company. Knows Matthew was up there. Yeah. Yeah. They, they did yeah. a deal with Matthew Knows. It wasn't uh Shout Vincent out to Herbert. Matthew Knows too. Yeah. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout yeah. out to Matthew. I Shout like the man. <laughs> I like the man. <laughs> I like how he think too, man. So that happens. And then um, I think the timeline from there is that me, Troy, and Jay, we end up parting ways. You know what I'm saying? Behind that or whatever. Or they just got too busy for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I was out here and I ended up moving in with my weed man. You know what I'm saying? And my weed man was a club promoter at a club called Privilege. And this is back in the era of TK. Y'all remember when TK oh, come on now. was around? About it. You know yeah. TK worked for hypnosis now. They get the people that's buying all the catalogs or whatever from people. TK worked oh, for shit. hypnosis. He's gonna find a way. Yeah. Shout out to you know what? Shout out to Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because Los yeah. Angeles is a place where you can find it. Hey, listen, TK had it on lock he for a second. Club snatch. Snatch. Oh my god. Kidding That's when LA was really. That's when LA, LA was LA. Yes. Yeah. 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 Fuck Monday. Fuck Monday. Fuck Mondays was the shit. Yeah. So I was doing that. My my weed man was a promoter at the club. So he ended up introducing me to DJ Echo. And um Echo was at Power 106. And then from there. I remember I did this song called Sexy Lady, and like we didn't have no engineer or none of that shit. So like, we're, not just gonna, we're not just gonna let you just breeze over that record, though, bro. Like, no, no, but that, I thought I thought he was gonna get into it. He goes into it. We got to take a shot. Yeah, 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 come on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, nigga, that's, that's a motherfucking hit record, yeah, man. Yeah. Come on, don't 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 play with the record like it's just it's weak. No, so look, this dude Junior who sings the hook on Sexy Lady was like my brother. His sister was so beautiful. Oh my God, man, I loved his sister. She was one of the baddest chicks ever. But so that's the tie bar. But anyway, um, I remember recording a record at my engineer's, uh, at my, my weed man's house. And I, we had no engineer. So like I would press three and leave it from the beginning and go run into the booth and man, then rap my shit, you know what I'm saying? And go back, do it again, whatever. So we flushed the song out. And um, my weed man was the promoter. So we kept going to Privilege. We kept going to TK shit. And Echo would spin my joint. Like, I remember I would go in there with a chinchilla on, boy. It'd be hot as hell outside in LA, boy. But I was just doing anything to right. be noticed. This back in the day, he was a promoter. We ain't had no money. So he, we would go to Ralph's and buy the bottles before we get to the club. <laughs> he would sneak them in through the back and then bring them out and to us or whatever. Crazy. Yeah, y'all in there going crazy. Like we doing a vibe. So. The song starts bubbling, and then we created a database of, he used to hand a clipboard out at the club and get everybody number and get all body shit or whatever. So from there, Echo was like, this song is kind of blowing up. Like, I want to take you to a Power 106 mixer meeting. So I go to Power 106, I tell my life story for them niggas. I cried a little bit at the end of the shit or whatever, and they would stand an ovation. Started off in, in a mix show. Or about like six weeks later, that shit was in power rotation. I ain't had no deal or nothing, and it yeah. was uh, not. It was like it was random because I'm from Chicago. I'm not even from LA. So you thinking that maybe somebody from LA that could be their story that yeah. I get a record, I get it to the DJ, and I right. blow up. So now I'm just blew up. I sexy lady was the hottest shit in the street. So from there. My management now, or my business partner now that I work with, Billy J, who worked with John Monopoly at the time. We was all kids. And shit, he called somebody at Epic Records looking for somebody else. And I think Dave McPherson or some shit like that, well, Sony or whoever back in the day was the big dog. And a lady named Katie, Katie Welly picked up. Come on, Katie Welly. She was a Keith Nafterly's assistant. Listen, she wasn't, she was, she was like Katie just started. Was she was that famous one. She was at Famous Music when I was at Famous. Katie is now at Sony. Yeah, Katie a so big dog now. Katie, like. 
and you don't know this, but Katie was instrumental in clearing some of our records for us. Wow. That came yeah. through Sony. So shout out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Small yeah. business. So Katie Welly heard the record, caught the record. It was already blowing up, and she introduced Billy to Keith. And then I did a showcase, and Keith came. And um, from there, they gave me a label deal. Like, oh, shit, here, take it. You know, I didn't meet Charlie Walk. I just met Keith or whatever. And then they gave me the label deal. From there, the record was already blowing up. And then Junior, the guy that was on the hook, got the big head and was like, nigga, this, they don't even like your part of the song. The song is really about me, it's the hook. I'm like, nigga, you ain't write the hook, though. You know what I'm saying? You the nigga singing it, and you my brother. So you know how the labels so did work. you write the song about his sister? Hell no, nah, nigga. Oh, okay. I so you, broke. You, you, said, song, you said something man. about you said something about, about the so bad sister. I'm like, yo, this. his sister was dating Tr at the oh, time, shit, nigga. Jason, 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 Josh. Yes. Oh, oh, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yo, so. Yeah, we we knew his interview was going. <laughs> yeah, he was like, <laughs> so from there that happens, and um, we get the deal. Junior gets the big head. So Junior's supposed to be signing my company. They went backdoor at me, Epic, and signed Junior right. to his own deal. Correct. So I'm like, we had his demo together and all the other shit. They wanted the songs. I'm like, I'm not giving that nigga no song. Y'all got to give me a quarter million dollars just to walk in the studio with this nigga. So they never did it. They sent him on a world tour, and then they end up dropping the nigga or whatever off his shit. And then from there was one of the moments I put out that record on an EP, and this is when Ray J was just on fire. Like, he was like, what, like a, like a, I, I it's Brandy, brother. He knocking everything down. Like, he was the guy to me. So I'm like, I want Ray J on my EP. So my manager finds Ray, Ray J, who, who still works with Ray J, and they developed the scooty bike and all that shit together. That's further down the line or whatever. So Ray comes to the studio. He's like, yeah, you know, um, you know, you like the sexiest nigga in the, in the game right now. I'm like, what? He like, <laughs> he, like, <laughs> he like, you know, you got the sexy lady. I got this record I want you to hear, though. It's called Sexy Can I? I'm like, I'm good off that. Like, I already had the song The Business with the girl Cash was singing. I'm like, I'm coming with that next. I know what this is. And he's like, nah, it's going to be big for us, bro. So he did his record on my shit. He left. Somehow, I was just like, no. Like, I was on fire. I was like, had the number one record in the country. I'm like, I'll get to that shit. I ain't going to do that shit. I want to go with what my plan is. From there, he got it to Charlie Walk because Ray J did a deal with Koch Records. And if you remember, Koch, D, and Shadow were working all, all the, the urban records, records yeah, at all Epic D, yeah. Sean yeah. Kingston, yeah. Nipsey, all, yeah. everybody. Everybody. So from there, Charlie Walk calls me to New York, summons me to New York. I'm thinking, like, we finna talk about my next single and shit like that. I go in there. And God bless me, Charlie. I love you, man. Charlie had to be on some coke or some shit like that or whatever. Like, wilding out, the nigga was on top of his piano dancing to Sexy Can I. Like, in the, in the Epic Records office, he's dancing on top of the piano, my brother. Like, dancing. He like, it's going to be the biggest record of your fucking career. I'm like, what? I'm like, bro. This is the record you turned down. Yeah, I'm right, like, bro. Because right, right. Ray J gave it to Koch. Right, right. So now they thinking, like, they're going to backdoor it or whatever. So I'm like, bro. I'm gonna be the sexiest nigga in America, from sexy lady to sexy. Can I? Am I right, said Fred? Is my album name I'm Too Sexy now, nigga? Like, how am I going from sexy lady to sexy? Can I? And then Charlie was like, man, what is it gonna take for you to do this song? It's gonna be the biggest record of your career. I said, um, you gotta buy me an epic record, Shane. He like, that's all? I'm like, you yeah. and this fucking jury, man. Hey, man, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Y'all know you do. <laughs> you know I love it. So look, the nigga gets off the piano, and then he goes, and I'm like, yo, Jason of Beverly Hills is my jeweler. You got to get me the chain. He called Jason right there. Probably came out my budget or whatever, and they For bought sure. me the chain on the spot. 
So now I'm like, oh man, they put me in a corner, they to pay for the chain. So from there I go to Miami and from like literally the Delano to Wet Willies, I wrote my verses and, and, and finished the song in between writing it from there. So we do that. I do my verses at Circle House Studio. Yeah. And then... Shout out to Circle House. Shout out to BB. Yeah. Can we shout out to Circle Come House? On, man. With the cookies, man. Come on, man. Fresh cookies, man. The cookies, the lemonade. Amazing, the amazing, amazing Jamaican food uh, you can order to get there, uh, man. You know? Okay. They got mango back. trees in we the back, back. baby. Back. So at that point, and this was a crazy time when I did the record, like, this is like... My set. Like, I was introduced to ecstasy from like Irv Gotti and Ja Rule when they had the murder this mansion in Woodland Hills. Nother, did you, this nigga just hit a, yeah. a ill ass left turn, <laughs> nigga. <laughs> yeah, I was introduced So, to look, when okay. I did my verses for that, I met Pleasure P for the first time or whatever at Circle oh, House Studio. Yeah, and Pleasure yeah. was like, hey, so you, you want one of these? He gave oh, me oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> He gave me some ecstasy or whatever, so I went. <laughs> oh, fuck. And I did my verses for, for, the, for the song. And I remember Pitbull was there. And I'm like, bro, you want an ecstasy? Because I, I was so geeked up off of it. He like, nah, papi, I'm from Miami. If I'm going to get to it, I'm going to get to it. I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not going to play with it. Don't be a <laughs> It just reminded me of motherfucking Scarface dancing in the club. So how you know Frank? How you know Frank? (laughs) (laughs) Buddy Moore? He wasn't going to play with it, so I did my V's. And I'll never forget. We went, we flew from there at Circle House. We went back to L.A. So now the record done. We here in L.A. And uh, they like, Ray wants to finish the song with you. So I'm like, all right, bet. So this, like... And in between him giving me the song or whatever, now he's did his deal with Vivid. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it it's through the roof. Him, the the, the oh, sex state okay, okay. up now. Now it's oh, a sure. thing. Yeah. So So this all in the same time. Yeah, this all in the same this so before he had the song kind of before he the tape came, it yeah. became a thing when he did his deal and got his bag from it. So now you know we at um Encore, you know, he pulling up Lamborghini, Ray, you know, he in his bag or whatever. So I never forget it. We get in there. And then um, he like, yo, my brother, um, I'm with Cash or the girl that's saying the hook on the business. She was like my best friend at the time or whatever. So he like, man, you know, I don't mean no disrespect, but you mind if I, like, I got to get into my energy. You mind if I play these? I don't want to disrespect your girl. And he just threw out a bunch of vivid DVDs of porn movies on the, on the counter. And I'm like, bro, this is my best friend. You can play that. So we in Encore. He put the, the, the porno on the TV or whatever. And mind you, Tierra Marie is his girlfriend too. So Tierra Marie is with him. While we doing all this at Encore. So okay. we finished this song, and I'll never forget, he was doing, he got a run at the end where he's like, getting in, just in some fun. But he was in there like, I got to get in my Stevie. I got to hit my Stevie. And like, Tierra Marie was clowning him so bad while we was doing this shit. It was the most hilarious shit. So we finished the song, and then next thing I know, they're like, this shit is about to be the biggest song of your career. This is a hit. Blah, blah, blah. Because when I did the song, like, Ray would go for four bars and not say nothing. Then, like, a minute later, he would pop back in with four more bars and then it'd be blank again. So I kind of, like, arranged his part and wrote my part and came up with other parts for us to do together on the song. So that's how that went. From there, we go to Miami. We're shooting a video. So we're shooting the first shot of the video, me and him in Lamborghini. I'm smoking a blunt. It's police around us there to secure us in Miami for the shoot. I'm smoking this down to a roach. I throw it out the Lamborghini before the first take of the video. The police that's securing us come pick the roach up off the ground, smell it, 
and pulled me out the Lamborghini and locked my ass up no right there on the spot. Way. What? On God. Y'all yes. hired them to arrest you, pretty much. Nigga took me to jail, Jack. I'm not even talking about like it wasn't nothing light about it. Oh, nigga that, took that me Miami to jail. jail that Miami different. jail. Listen, is listen, there I, had to, I had to bail a couple of homies out. Y'all know who y'all are. Um, cost me ten thousand dollars one weekend, mm. you know. But I ain't gonna never leave my it's niggas so in, in, you know what I mean? in Miami jail for it to be that hot outside. <laughs> it is freezing in the no, no, jail no, no. in Miami. No, boy. a nigga tried to ask one of the homies. He told me when they got out, we got the niggas out like five, six in the morning. He said, you know, a nigga tried to ask me for my shirt. Bro, I said, you did you give him your shirt? That not said, Hell no, nigga. I ain't giving my shirt. Ain't no, ain't no telling what nigga asked you for next. Ain't nigga get your shirt up off. Yeah, you know, yeah. Man. So I know, yeah, I know about all that in there. So I'm in jail, and here go to add to the story. So this is around the time, you know, Ray J and Shaquille O'Neal are partners on the Sexy Can I song. And Money Mark or whatever. What's the nigga that be, used to be with Shaq or whatever? Like, man, his name Mark. And, okay. And um, long story short, this when Shaquille was on his like sheriff type shit. He had just became like a cop. So the nigga Shaquille came and bailed me out of jail like 10 hours later or whatever. Wait, wait, got Shaq, me. Shaq got you out of jail? Yeah. In Miami. In Miami. He was a sheriff in Miami. I mean, he was Andy playing Shaq. for the heat. Andy remember, like, yeah, it was dope. I remember exactly. he was Exactly. Yeah. So he came and got That's me amazing. out of jail. I think I spent like 10 hours in jail. I get there, it's nighttime. We shoot the end of the video, you wouldn't even know or whatever, like it never happened. Oh, y'all get right back to shooting the video. They still shooting the video, I'm in jail, nigga. <laughs> we just gotta keep going. We gotta I mean, keep the, going. The homie gonna be good. The homie gonna be good. He just, he just down right he now, just but he down gonna, he right gonna now, be all right. He gonna be good, trust me. Yeah. The homie know his way around. That was the exact vibe that he was on. <laughs> and when I got back, shit, he was already super geeked up on a, on a bean, on his ecstasy or whatever, and then gave me an ecstasy. I popped that shit and we shot we the right video. Back. We right back. Video. I'm going to watch this video. Yeah, Listen, man. I gotta, go, I gotta go re-watch this video. dial back into those times, I just think about all of the clubs and all of the move-arounds that I was a part I of. I never had none of those with times. ecstasy in my system. Not me. Bro. The Valentine don't fuck around. Yeah, ecstasy was, is amazing. Ecstasy was. Ecstasy is beautiful. Ecstasy was amazing. Ecstasy was not a bar. Now, not today. Yeah. I, I don't pop pills. I don't do drugs. Yeah, that not shit today. now. Today. But in that time, what it was the it was the pure. It was it wasn't stepped on. That shit was beautiful. Oh. I used to wake up like nigga because you know like ecstasy kind of give you the bubble guts. You got to go to the bathroom. No, and shit. I don't know. You, you okay. I used to wake up at my crib, nigga, and pop an ecstasy, nigga, like upon the wake up, take off. Then you know what I'm saying, use the bathroom, shower, so you fresh for the day. I'm gonna be on ecstasy, nigga, at 9 a.m. And then you wow. Wow. See, I was, I was wow. I was a social okay, ecstasy see, yeah. taker. You know what I'm saying? Like, where we going? Oh shoot, when we get there, mm-hmm. pop up, we're gonna be there for two, three hours, turn up. That that was me. You yeah, know what I'm saying? I come from the drug dealers. We know, we know. So we I, you know, my, my experience of it and my outlook You've of it. You've never done ecstasy? I've never done anything. Oh, man, well, yeah. you should try shrooms. No. Like the little chocolate. <laughs> yeah. No. You microdose. No. It, it's close to it. <laughs> without, the, without the hangover, without the bullshit that come no. the next day, you microdose a little bit, you'll yeah. be a vibe. I, shroom, shroom, you'll great. be a vibe. Shrooms is great. You think you popping that management <laughs> shit now? You think you talking hey, cash money hey, shit? Tell hey, him, listen. boy. That shit like superpowers, boy. You talk, and listen, he already called me with 15 ideas already yeah, in the morning. Y'all, y'all you will have 82. Bro, I'm cool. This 80. is overflow. No, I, I appreciate, you know what I mean, what y'all trying to do? I ain't going. <laughs> what y'all trying to do? Oh, yeah, so ecstasy was beautiful back in the day. <laughs> we, so we do Sorry, that. Right, All right, so what happened? So we do that with Ray. Finish the video. Finish the video. And then... um. Shit, they put that sexy can out, and I ain't gonna lie, that shit. Oh, it was a rocket ship. Like it was a rocket ship. Rocket. It was a rocket ship. I never expected it for, to be that. 
Never. Because you got to think, nigga, they had put like Styles P and other niggas before they put me on a record. And then they was like, visually, this don't match up. Styles P like was super hard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. Like, more so they went and came and got me. And um, man, that shit took off like a rocket. Next thing I know, me and Ray J, like back-to-back tour buses, nigga, on the road promoting Sexy Can I. Which I've seen some of the craziest shit on the road with Ray J. Shout out to him in his relationship or whatever now. And him and Princess, I have nothing but respect. But y'all gonna get these stories from that era, too. It's different. It is what it is. Ray I'm gonna tell, different. sorry, Ray. I'm gonna tell the story. Ray no, 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 listen, listen. All roads in the music business, now fuck the music business. Mm-hmm. All roads in entertainment, to in some way, what? shape, or form. Somehow. All roads. Somehow. As, like, nigga, all roads. Like Ray J, Ray J a fucking urban legend. Nigga, Ray J took Whitney Houston a compound with us. And there you have it. I'll never forget this shit ever. Like Whitney, and this was my first time meeting Whitney. She was a gangster. Like oh, she was sure, one of them ones. Like yeah. for real. Like yeah. we in there, like she smoking us cigarettes, chain smoking cigarettes, vibe. And we at compound. We in the back waiting. She like, man, send one of them motherfuckers in there to go get us some Patron. They came out with the gallon of Patron for us. Me and Whitney throwing back Patron shots out the gallon together. From that night we went in there. She came in the club while we performed Sexy Can I. She was standing in the club with us. There's a picture on my Instagram of me, her, Ray J from that night, nigga, walking in compound, like no cap. Let's take this shot for Ray J. <laughs> Let's take this. Man, to, rest in peace, Whitney. Really to good times, man, Absolutely. to Ray. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work, in traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. So you have your run, mm-hmm. right? You moving as young bird. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's you know, you out here making your records. You getting that side of the business. Mm-hmm. You getting that side of the paper and that money. Uh-huh. Um, and then, what what was what was the moment for you where you were like, I gotta make a shift. So look. I went and like um, I moved to my. Well, I was living in a big ass crib out here, like off uh, Topanga or whatever. And I had a bunch of niggas living with me. And I, I looked at my bills. I'm like, damn, I'm like spending like fifty five thousand dollars a month. You know what I'm saying? Sheesh. To live before I even smoke a blunt or do anything like the house, right? And you don't the have cars, nothing. Nothing. Yeah, right. I ain't got no nothing. Nigga, it's just me. So um, from there, I was just like, man, I'm out. My paper getting low. You know what I'm saying? So I moved to Miami. And well, actually, I was presented with an opportunity. A guy named Brian McKinney, who played for the Minnesota Vikings mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah, yeah. Brian been instrumental in a lot of cool yeah, music yeah, shit, so, man. Yeah. So Brian was like, "Look, I'm starting my label. 
I believe in you. I know you write and produce and you do good records or whatever. I want you to help me with my label or whatever. And I'm going to move you to Miami. And shit, you ain't got to worry about nothing. I got a studio in my house. And at this point, Bryant was the yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, like, absolutely. I'm talking about... Niggas he blew a, he blew a bag. Listen, oh. <laughs> niggas don't understand what the linemen's make bro. in the NFL. Bro. They he, make the real bag. Yeah, bro. He yeah. the blind side. They made movies about Nigga, them type of a, niggas. He's a hundred plus to the good. Bro, he was getting to the, to the bag. I've never so from there, he moved me to Miami. And I'll never forget when I get to Miami, I now it's the W Hotel Brickle or whatever, but in the back they got the uh, living, the, the 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 house and the, the residential shit. Nigga paid my whole rent for a year. I think my my, my rent was like eight thousand dollars. He came in and paid it in one wop for twelve months. Like shit, so I ain't had no bills no more, and I moved to Miami. And I was he dropped a hundred on it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 here, take this. And I was just moving around with that nigga, boy. That nigga was a party animal, man. I'm talking about, he's an animal, man. I lived the life of all lives with him. Like, I remember we came out here for BET Awards, and this nigga must have flew every little dirty lady from King of Diamonds with him to the, even the fat girls came. Call them every dirty, little dirty, dirty lady. Those were nice, clean, yeah. nice, clean hustle. Me, me and Tank play basketball at the King of Diamonds. <laughs> have you ever played basketball at the King no, of Diamonds? No, I haven't. You that probably that. should. You're a steak at King of Diamonds. <laughs> Did you get a haircut at the King of Diamonds? No. Did you ever play volleyball at the King of Diamonds? Hey, right. Y'all <laughs> niggas, see, y'all was before me. Y'all never before me. Y'all seen it like, y'all seen it. Hold on, let me say that and we got there at 6.15. 6.15, yeah, yeah, yeah. We spent the full day. This nigga Brian flew like 30 women from King of Diamonds to LA for BET Awards. And like he, we would all stand at the Mondrian, nigga, like 20 hotel rooms, blah, blah, blah. blah. And I, I ain't know, like, it was crazy because, like, I was spending my own money on drinks. Like, you know, I had girls coming through. And I walked in one of the strippers' room. These ladies had room service piled to the floor. I'm like, how y'all buying all this? They like, no, his credit card is down at the for incidentals. I said, holy shit. I call call out everyone, you know. Oh, y'all come to Montreal, man. Come skybar. Meet me at the Montreal. I was balling out of control. So Brian, man, he came in, we really was like an angel for me at that time, because I was still trying to figure it out. So from there trying to figure it out, I'm like, uh. Fuck it, I'm gonna move to Atlanta. I moved to Atlanta and I realized how clicky it was in Atlanta, like cause it would be like Polo and them over there, Akon and Boo and them over here. But everybody had their own little shit, yeah. so I couldn't really get into the own, mix. Yeah, T-Pain over here or whatever. And um, DJ Infamous, like, I, I, I go and I, um, well, first happened was I signed producers. And then we did this record by this guy. It was kind of like a one-hit wonder. It was like called Snapbacks and Tattoos. Snapback. Yeah, we did the song. Yeah, I, that was like one of my first producer like joints or whatever. You did that record. Yeah, I did that record. Shout out to Tricky. Shout out to Coop. And then from there, um, I did a my idea publishing deal with my producer, with Ludacris, with Shaka and um, Jeff. And the funny thing is, cause Shout Sean, out disturbing the peace. Yep, Sean Famoso and Tune Day were. The little guys under Sean, Shaka and Jeff, who now run LVRN or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. they was under them. So like I was able, they were young, I was young, we like in the same age range. So I got the publishing deal for my producer. And then from there, I did a hook for DJ Infamous called Double Cup. And I was on the song, that's the first time I ever said Hitmaker. I was on the songs, me, Ludacris, Juicy J, and um, uh, Young Jeezy. So this around the time or whatever, they're like, 
niggas wasn't fucking with me. Like, this would be a hundred. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I had a bad stigma on me, but I was Infamous was looking out for me, and Jeezy was on fire, so we shooting a video and shit. But Jeezy ain't want to let me in none of his shots or whatever with him, because he ain't want be, to be around him or nothing like that or whatever. So, you know, I got lit on the set. They like, action! Well, I go run and Jeezy. You ran in this shot. I already, I already knew what this nigga did. <laughs> nigga you G ran in this shot. Jeezy's like, man, I'm about to go crip crazy on this nigga. <laughs> 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 Shit. <laughs> Infamous was like, bro, you gotta go. <laughs> you already did your did part. You upset? No, I, I did my parts already. I was just lingering around. Yeah, I was yeah. there from the daytime. Now, you know, Jeezy the star, so he coming later. He's showing up late. But I'm like, damn, I, I wrote the song. It's me on the hook. It's my song. I gave it to him. How you don't want to be right. around me and I'm on the, It's my song. From there, that was like the first time I ever said Hitmaker. And that was just like, and it, it didn't happen like, I'm Hitmaker. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? That's why I'd be weird when people be like, well, Berg, Hitmaker, uh, uh, what Nigga, I'm still Berg. I'm still Young Berg. Unless I do a face-off, nigga, right. I'm still Young Berg. I can call me whatever you want, nigga. You know what I'm saying? I don't care. You always got a check, call me whatever, nigga. You know, whatever. So from there, I do that that record, and then I'm in, I'm in Atlanta, and I had a bunch of demos that I had from uh, Miami, and like I'm, I'm like, damn, how do I do this? And fucking uh, Vincent Herbert cousin, Ends up getting contact with me. I sent him a record, got to Tamar, and it got to Vince. And Vince was like, man, I want to bring you here to L.A. to work on this Tamar album. And they flew me out first class. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm back first class? Because, you know, a nigga go down and coach, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, when it's the limelight like, cut off, you know, you back in a humble beginning. Flew me first class, put me at the Sophie Tail. Before you finish up, mm -hmm. I still be trying to fly coach. He won't let me. Man, my ass ain't, ain't touched a coach seat in like hey, seven Listen, years. I don't give a fuck. Nah, I do. Cause you see, but the thing is, you about to put out your single, you will care. Cause they catch you with your mouth open. And, I won't and, and coach but, or whatever like this. Because, because they won't catch. Listen, yeah. because they won't catch me with my mouth open. Because you don't know how to no, 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 no. Listen, listen. He takes a, a cover. I got a cover that he got from Delta. That I literally ago. put. Nigga, I, I put the cover over my If you see a white he cover on the plane, it's probably me. Okay. On the window seat. And I like, I don't. See, you've been flying coast so long, you know I, the tricks, huh? So you know no, how I, I, I do. Nigga, I do that in first class. I'll do that hey, on a private say, let jet. Say, let me tell you what. Let me tell you what. When he's spending his money, you coach. He like, man, I ain't got time for this shit. <laughs> but I promise you. When we send that rider to the promoter, oh, that motherfucker! I mean, you know. <laughs> I'm judging you. I'm judging you because I judge the women that they, they get flyouts based off that. Like, if you fly, if you fly first class, when you booking your own flight, I'm gonna fly your first class. If you fly coach, when you book your own flight, you get on but coach. We're, but we're working. Yeah. Either way, yeah. I mean, maybe they're it's working too. Of course, but they are. you know what I mean. But of course they when are. we're working, and, it, and it's, it's a part of the, you know, it's a part of the rider. It is it, what it, it is. Come with but it. the truth of the matter is. Even when I fly myself first class, right? For me, it doesn't. I, I mean, it's just me. It don't really matter. See, to me. I had bad luck with that, and shit. I don't care about perception. I had bad luck with. That. I'm the Valentine. I had bad luck as a youngster though, because it's a different type of hurt and feeling that you got when you get on a plane and like an Angela Simmons and Man, Vanessa sitting I'll first say class, hello. and you young bird no. and you and shit, I'll and say then hello, you gotta walk back, and then you gotta walk back like, hey. Everybody, listen, <laughs> everybody got they thing. Everybody got their thing. Everybody I'll, got I'll their say, thing. I, I'll say hello. I might even stop and talk to him for a minute. Hey, I'll see y'all on the plane land, man. Yeah, everybody got they. Bow Wow fucked that up for me. I ain't flying coach. <laughs> And Bow, my nigga, that's my dog. You know, Bow, my dog. Me and Bow had 
dark days or whatever back in the day, just over whatever stuff and women and stuff like that. But man, that's my dog now. But right. I I'm not going to coach. I don't care. The bag has to be. Well, if the bag is that big, then why would I be flying coach anyway? I was about to say like, if it's a million dollars somewhere, that's like, yo, you you have no choice but to get on it. I'm out. I'm coach me. You know what I'm saying? Masked up, whatever. But man, my ass ain't uh. I ain't touched no coach seat in seven years, for real, for real. I respect it. And it's never going back. Okay, Hitmaker, uh, no coach seat. <laughs> so you said Hitmaker in that song. That was the yeah. first time you said Hitmaker. Yeah. Why did it become a thing? Or how did it become a thing? Uh, shit. I don't know. It just happened organically. I wish I could really say, like, I was like, yo, I'm uh, I'm going to be Hitmaker. Or that's what I just said it. Came out here to L.A., was up at the Sophie Tail working on Tamar Braxton Love and War album. So like the song that they wanted, when I get to the studio, I owed the studio some money in Miami so they wouldn't relinquish the files to me to cut it. So like I had to come up with the audible, you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. on the spot. Cause I but had your no ass was flying first class though, and you wanna pay that motherfucking studio <laughs> fee. See, see oh, with this oh, shit? Vincent you Herbert see? bought that no, flight. Oh, Vincent shit. Herbert bought that flight. <laughs> I didn't buy that flight. I'd have been coaching if I was flying myself. <laughs> so we do that, we get out there, and Tamar, you know, now, you know what I'm saying, me and Tamar are super cool, we in a good space or whatever, but she was in, she was in our bag. This mm -hmm. when Tamar and Vince had that TV show, yeah, like they yeah, were, yeah, and rest in peace to LaShawn Daniels, you know oh, what I'm saying, he God. was the go-to guy, my he was God. in there, rest you know what I'm saying, so from there, I'm like, and I ain't got that song, but I got another song that I think crazy, played it for, it's called The One or whatever, it ended up being her single on that project, and she loved it, and um, they went in there and did it. They took my tag off the song. I'm like, damn, like, you know what I'm saying? So I created a new tag the way I just scream on the song in the background and made it a part of shit so it still stayed on the song. And um, that was like, I was like, fuck it, I'm moving back to LA. Like, you know what I'm saying? Vincent Herbert was supposed to sign me, give me a deal and do all type of stuff. It never panned out. I mean, show love to Vince. I just seen Vince at Circle House recently. And um, I moved back to LA and I was kind of like, the start of like, all right, bet I'm gonna take this LA shit seriously again. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. hit maker now. I'm gonna do this. I did my first publishing deal. Well, I did my publishing deal. Who I'm still in a publishing deal with with Mike Karen at APG. Mm -hmm, okay. And boy, Mike lucked up on this shit. Mike might be one of the best businessmen again. I think Mike signed me for thirteen thousand dollars or some shit like that, nigga. Back then, this was in 2012. 13, it's thirteen. I'm, it's 10,000 years later, wow. I'm still signing Mike Karen on publishing. But we good, and I got a joint venture now. And we got right, all, and obviously know, you've remade it right. Yeah. Right? So, no, no. Several so, times. So here's the other part, because we always talk about this, mm -hmm. right? We we want we did this show, so it would, yes, we want to have a good time. We mm -hmm. want to crack jokes. We're going to do what we do. But we also want this shit to be informative. Yeah. Right? And I think what happens in this business is people always look at things as somebody fucked me over. Mm -hmm. And... I know he does and I do. I look at things as someone gave you an opportunity. Yeah. Now, if you don't want that, unless they put a gun to your head and made you sign something, mm -hmm. right? If you signed it on your own, you know what I'm saying? And and maybe maybe you weren't on ecstasy like you guys. Oh, no, yeah, but I was you know what I'm saying? But you can't sign deals on ecstasy. Yeah, you can. <laughs> Shit! I hope you don't, because everything is good on ecstasy, so you don't want to sign the fucking deal on ecstasy, kids. Yeah, we can do it for 20 songs. Yeah. Fuck it, but 20 songs in. is, like you said... You looking for a lighter? Yeah, you that you sign that. You sign that deal. If we can find my man a lighter, that would be amazing. Oh. Guys, somebody... No, no, man, you, you no, guys... Here you go, go, right here. I dropped it. Here go, right here. But yeah, no, so, you know, you signing that deal mm -hmm. led to 
these other opportunities in life that you may have not got, you may have not gotten if you don't sign this $13,000 deal. See, but that's the businessman and you being a manager and being rich night right now concept. Like, until you make it out and get mm-hmm. some money, they fucked you. That's all you thinking the whole right, time. Right, right, yeah, like, right, right. When, and if now, you never I, make it out, they always fuck exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah, in right. hindsight, when you make it out, your deal or whatever, you're like, man, well, damn, if he didn't give me that opportunity, I might not have access to do yeah. the, the studio and do the things yeah. that I did. And um, from there, i never forget, um, damn, it's getting to a, a good spot or whatever, because I love your story about uh, the love and hip-hop people that I did the show with on season one. Um, about the Moniece and the, and the dog food or whatever. So, long story short, Hazel E, the girl Hazel, which we all knew, you know what I'm saying, from just being around. Yeah, of course she was your public. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. Yeah, shout out to Echo and all them. I remember yeah, they was moving yeah. heavily and doing that. So, Hazel E just approached me like, man, I'm doing love and hip-hop. Fuck this shit. We're going to do a love and hip-hop Hollywood. We're going to put everybody on it, all the people that blah, blah. So, I was like, shit, I'm down. Shit, I ain't had nothing to lose, you know what I'm saying? Like... I was working with Puff at that and time. Now you I was working with LA you. back. You back for it. Did a deal second with time. Mike Karen. I'm at APG on Kawanga every day, you know what I'm saying? Working, making my rounds, doing all this other stuff. So I was just like, fuck it, let's do it. From there it came reality. And then shit, at the time, um, I ain't know what was going on. So the the the, the lies, I'm I gotta clear this up because I never really said all this shit. So we do love and hip hop. I wasn't fucking Hazel E or dating Hazel E or nothing like that, or whatever. She was just Hazel E. Like everybody right. know Hazel from being right. Hollywood. She was okay. my nigga. Like right. we was really right. homies. Oh, wait, so on the show, smoke. y'all were supposed to be together? I'm getting to that. Okay. So um, from there, we d- get to the show, and now they got like the cast meeting or whatever. So now the cast meet, and I'm like, holy shit, these are all the people I know. Then it was like, oh shit, my ex girlfriend's here. So. I don't mean no disrespect. I'm, they probably gonna go viral with us. And I mean this in all fair. I'm not gonna say nothing bogus. So Joy, um, who's Bow Baby Mama and whatever, Future Baby Mama, she was like one of my ex-girlfriends from back in the day or whatever. So she was on the show. Like they had casted her for the show or whatever. So I'm like, oh, it's lit. So me and her end up rekindling after we see each other at the meeting, then we now we we dating, we back into the vibe, we back into the mix or whatever. So when we first start shooting the show, it was me and Joy. Joy was my girlfriend. But as you know, with reality TV, because oh, so Joy's on the show, she in the was on the too. show okay. filming and the whole thing, nigga. And I remember your name used to be thrown around the heaviest because they were like, "Yo, Tank and Zena's gonna do the show and this, that, and the third. This season one, like what they what they what they called us first. <laughs> mm-hmm. They called us mm-hmm. to build the cast. Mm-hmm. So we were the first, we were the first couple called to do Love and Hip Hop. Now Hollywood. it's making sense. Now it's making yeah. sense. And we so so we put the playlist together, mm-hmm. the original playlist, mm-hmm. and and me and him got to talking, and I got to talking with Atlantic, and they were like, "We get it, mm-hmm. but you don't need this right now. This is a different kind of energy." That, and I was like, "No." It's 2014 too. Yeah, and and so like, it didn't happen, right? And so for me, I you know I was still doing, Mm -hmm. still doing Tank, you know. At the time for my wife, we were trying to build a platform for her, so it was going to be perfect for her. So in me pulling out, you know, they They pulled the plug on her, Mm -hmm. but they took everything else that we had already built and kept uh, it. Exactly. Oh, yeah. But yeah. that's what they do. That's what they do. Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. It's, it's TV. And, and for that, ultimately, I've never had the conversation either about that because, you know, we 
We don't usually go I'm into that. You. He's, he's, I'm glad you got him in your corner. You didn't do it. <laughs> because, no, because in that situation, I just called, I, for me, I, I saw the future mm -hmm. for him, right? Because this, at this point in, in that year, we're rebuilding, yeah, right? Yeah. And what I understand from what we were trying to build, mm -hmm. right? Well, everybody's, everybody's path is different. Mm -hmm. But from what we were trying to build, it didn't align. Course. It just didn't align to what we, you know, where we were going. Of course. Right? And, you know, and this is a part of having a trusting client. Mm. Yeah. Is the fact that a bag is in front of him. Yeah. Extra fame is in front and of TV. him. TV, yeah. Extra everything, right? These are all positive things. And then you have me saying, nah, champ. And I guarantee this ain't said, our path. Hey, I, I, I know I'm gonna carry myself on this shit. These motherfuckers ain't gonna have me. Listen, crazy. listen. You know I know, I know how to carry myself, right? Mm -hmm. We may know how to care, but we know how this show goes. And I've been in L.A. for I don't know how many years. They, they set you up. Man, they start to <laughs> digging and pulling up skeletons out of that L.A. dirt. You never know where that's going to go. So, and, we'll go and Ray put me on, right? Once I seen Ray was involved and Ray started calling me or whatever, he like, nigga, this going to be 10 seasons. We going to milk this shit. We back. We going to sexy can I part two him. I'm like, man, I, I, I. <laughs> you know, you start thinking like, like, so we do the show. Me and Joy are like boyfriend and girlfriend on the show. And, um, like they had, they wanted me to do like some some shit that I wasn't really comfortable with. Like they wanted us to be kissing and this that. But I, I, this is my first time being in front of the TV show camera, so I didn't know what was going on or whatever. So I, in hindsight, I should have been tongue kissing up with the people that they put in front of me post that. You know what I'm saying? So I was being stiff on camera. She was being stiff on camera too. We both was very reserved about things. And I go to Miami to work with Puff on this money making Mitch album. So I get down there, I'm working with him, we vibing, all this other shit. But see, they set, the way it's set up, all the girls on the show really didn't feel each other or whatever. Like, just off the shrimp, they create the beats or whatever. So Joy, I was dating one girl, and then Masika was, like, from Chicago. She was, like, a best friend of me. She was, like, my drinking partner. We hang out, we kick it. We never had no sexual relationship. We never crossed the line on nothing. You know how you might got a girl that's just, like... My nigga, like, yo, you, you know how to have fun. Yeah. And pretty girls like being with you or being around you, so this is a good look for me or whatever. So I went to Masika's birthday, and then I went to Puff's, uh, to do to Miami, to Puff's house to do the stuff. And um, me and Joy fell out in the midst of that. So we never spoke again. The relationship was over. I get back. They picked me up from the, the, the airport. You know, because they don't, they, didn't, they don't allow you to drive your own transportation. They don't allow you to get your own Uber. They come pick you up in a fucking minivan with a bottle of Ciroc in it or whatever and just start feeding you liquor. So they, And they tell me my dress code. They like, yo, Berg, come in, shorts, T-shirt. Blah, blah, blah. So I'm thinking I'm going to go play basketball with like Soldier Boy and Lil Fizz and Omarion or some shit. They pull up to Hazel House. So I'm like, what the fuck we doing here? They like... This is where the scene is off. at. Yeah, they, they bring you to the scene. Okay. So now I'm just like, oh shit, I ain't know what's going on. And I love Hazel, no disrespect to Hazel, our lives more. This is eight years ago. So um, from we get in there, and then um, they basically like, look, we set it up. Like you had a long night out with Hazel. You you guys spent the night together, this, that, and that. I'm like, what? So <laughs> I even I even talked to Joy yet. I don't even I ain't even spoke to Joy. I just had a girlfriend four days ago. I ain't I'm, I broke up with my girlfriend. I don't know nothing. So now I'm like, hey yo, fam, 
y'all finna try and have me looking crazy like that? Like I'm dating a girl on the show and y'all trying to, I don't, so I'm like, fuck this show. I ain't doing this scene or whatever. So we sitting outside shit and fucking Mona just appears out of nowhere like Cruella DeVille. Like, <laughs> bag, bag. <laughs> Get my Stevie Jeb loving me, Papa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Baby. I'm talking about that Haitian motherfucking Cruella DeVille oh, out of yeah. nowhere, so. Yeah. She like, yo, you're my Stevie J loving hip hop Hollywood. This show is gonna be based around your interactions. This is good. And I'm like, no, fuck that. Y'all trying to have me look like I'm two time and my girl on the show. Like I ain't even spoke to her. They like, look, she like, look, nigga, we fired Joy. She's not on the show no more. I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, she's fired. She's no longer on the show. And I can't call right. Shorty, because we ain't, we on the out. Y'all on the house anyway. Yeah. So I'm like, you want me to go in there and be myself? Like, just be me? And they like, yeah, just go in there and do it. However you feel, just do it. So I go in there, and they got her capped up. You know what I'm saying? She's in a robe and lingerie, negligee or whatever. And like, granted, I'm going to be clear on this because I know it's going to go viral, and you know she might have something to say or rebuttal about this, whatever. I had slept with Hazel previously or whatever. It wasn't my girlfriend. I had already, we had already slept together. But it wasn't like we were actively dating or whatever in our past mm -hmm. from her being a publicist and whatever. Back when I used to live at the Archstone or some shit like mm -hmm. that or whatever, like that was what it was. So we get in the vibe and um, she's like putting it on like heavy, like last night was amazing, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just looking like an asshole because I'm like, you ain't my bitch. Hell no. Nah. Like, we ain't did this. We ain't, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. And then shit, I, I kind of dogged on her. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I left the scene. They're like, this is amazing. This is great. So it turned out how they wanted it. Yeah, and I'm like, what, nigga? This girl crying inside, throwing shit inside her crib right now. Like, now granted, speaking, now that I know in hindsight, she might have been putting on for the camera too. You know what right, I'm saying? Because right, 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 everybody right, looking right, right. is they out. Right. You know because what I'm saying? Because if you don't, you get yeah. X'd off the show. And this is what I didn't know. This is what I found out later. If you're not in the episode, you don't get paid. No. So you can shoot 300 fucking scenes if you want. If your content not good and you don't make that screen, you gonna get paid. So as much as you went to Zara and bought your little bullshit hey, or whatever, man. like, shout out to like, Zara. Yo, he made me throw 40 Zara outfits <laughs> no away. Shout out to he did I that. Know, you don't get your money back from Zara, <laughs> bro. I'm talking about I was Zara down. I was in Zara head to toe. I, I was get Zara. It back. I was Zara's first mannequin. Listen, I might, I, was I might not want to always pay for my first cast fight. But I don't, you won't catch me in coach with no Zara on. Yeah, you hear me? Yeah, bro, they wouldn't give me my Zara money back. So <laughs> they wouldn't give my <laughs> that money was important back then too. Like it's all Richard Mills and Big Chains oh, and Bo Botega right we now. That's the same shit, language. Yeah, that was important yeah, yeah. money. We talking the same language. Botega only makes that yeah, color green, yeah, right? Yeah. Everybody don't make that color Everything green, good brother. Phone. Oh, oh yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. You got to coordinate. You got to coordinate. Yeah, 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 yeah. You got a mushroom belt on, nigga. So Gerard, you know yo, that shit, yo, bro. So I'm doing all my Zara and shing, and uh, um, doing that. We shooting the show or whatever, and it's not going the the, the way I would like it to go. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And but now 
once you're in the show and you're in the matrix of the show, mm-hmm. then you really become that. You know what I'm saying? That's why I feel like I send my condolences. Not 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 feel bad, but like I, I feel how every person that's ever been on that franchise or whatever feels if they don't make it out of the franchise. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like your life is encompassed with that shit now. So whatever we do that, I do love and hip hop. Then like Mona like approaches me and was like, Bag. Would you be down to kiss Masika on TV? I'm like, yeah, y'all got me with this whole other story or whatever with somebody. This two story later, of course, Masika ain't bad looking. And shit, I kissed her on TV and shit, it, it, it evolved into something else. You know what I'm saying? And now me and her was a thing on a TV show. So, long story short, it's a bunch of bullshit on a TV show. And um, uh, it ended. And then they tried to like, murder me like Mona and them tried to like paint me in such a bad way it was just like damn and like I was like damn I'm doing a TV show because I'm working with Puff or whatever and in the midst of me doing a TV show like how you said good investments and niggas gave you opportunity I was in APG and I did a hook with to a fucking popping oak beat and I named the song Nicki and Hitmaking I'm like man Nicki Minaj gonna work with me I'm about to work with Nicki Minaj watch this shit bruh and then I go see sounds at Glenwood studio randomly he was working with Esther Dean and her her artist back in the day and then my brother Doc was like man I just seen Nicki Minaj she in the same studio I did a song like a day before I'm like what Go tell her I'm in here. T- tell her I'm in here. They brought me in the studio to meet Nicki Minaj. I pressed play on a whole bunch of shit, and I, like literally, she took me under her wing like this, like and never let no, me I, leave I the studio. I remember seeing that. Yeah. I remember seeing it from the outside. I'm yeah. like, yeah, it's like, what the fuck is Young Bird doing yeah. with Nicki yeah. Minaj? Yeah. Like, well, I'm talking about she yeah. had me like this, and was just like, my studio is your studio. If I'm not here, take over, do what it is. So, you know, I'm flossing it out to the max, That's nigga. Dope. I'm like, nigga. Shout out to, hey, man, shout out to Nikki. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout, shout out, out to, to Nikki. And shout out to people who give opportunities. Nigga, that was Because everybody hit. don't. Because niggas wasn't, but you, what's the crazy thing? I never said this story, too. Um, bro, when, after I played my songs for Nikki or whatever, and she was feeling me, and like she was like, yo, this is hard. She was like, this before, like, she was, she was like, I ain't going to lie. I've been fucking with you since this and double clicked on her laptop and took the aux nigga and it was, give me the business. I was like, oh wow, shit. Right, right. You never know who listened. Wow, but right. it fucked me up because I was famous before Nicki Minaj. So it like at that point, like you don't even think about that. You know what I'm saying? It didn't even hit me all together. Like, damn, I was really young Berg and had that song before Nicki blew up. So that shit was like crazy. And I'm like, damn, I'm doing love and hip hop. I can say Nicki Minaj. Like, so they was Nicki was like, go ahead. You can drop my name. Like, we were doing great work. I, I probably did like five records on that album or something like that, but I was there through the whole process, through the pink print. And um, shit, from there, I leave the show, and it's dark again. I'm like, damn, like, I got my Nikki placement. Yeah, I got, I got my shit going on, but damn. So I got this big-ass house in Chatsworth, like, and I kind of like psyched myself out. Like, I had a little money, you know what I'm saying? I ain't had no big money. I, like, I was a, I had like a hundred grand, you know what I'm saying? Maybe 150. But motherfucking, I was, had my dad help me get this crib, and I'm like, yo, I'm gonna use this crib as motivation, because I gotta pay these motherfucking bills, so I gotta work my ass off. I gotta get these placements, and I use it as motivation. And that time, we was in my crib. Man, I had a bunch of bullshit furniture. I was living like a nigga, just girls everywhere, 7,000 square foot house just the bedrooms furnished for the most part and TVs and couch, a couch, but it wasn't fully decked out like how it was supposed to be. And um, I created a makeshift studio in my basement 
and I had my engineer Ben um, with me, and um, he's now, I don't know who he's engineering now, but that was my guy. And um, Jeremiah came to my crib, and um, he was like, bro, let's work. So we start working, we in our vibe or whatever. We do like eight songs, and I had a girl with me, and he had some company with him too. So now it's winding down. They're like 2, 2.30, I'm like... Hey fam, uh, shit, let's wrap this shit up. You know what I'm saying? I'm ready to take it upstairs. He's like, no, I got one more in me. I'm like, man, come on, bro. Man, I ain't trying to do it. He's like, bro, trust me, I got one more. He went to the booth. I, I put the beat up. He went to the booth and said, last night took an L, but tonight I bounce back. Wake up every morning, every night I count. I was like, okay, this hard. I went, I took the shit to Big Sean, and it became Big Sean Bounce Back. Wow. And, um... Big Sean was like, man, you know, I love this record. Like, shout out to Metro Boomin. Um, he co-produced on a record. Shout out to Smash David. So he's like, I love this record. You know, I don't know what it's going to be, but, man, maybe we should just throw it out there and just see it. I'm like, I don't give a fuck, nigga. Like, throw that shit. He like, hey, bro, do you have a tag or anything you want to put on the song? I'm he like, asked you, I, uh, after all these people yes. been taking it off. Taking it off. He yeah. asked you about your tag. At his house. He like, you got a tag, bro? I'm like, yeah. I went and said my tag, nigga, that shit, he put that shit out of, shit took off like a rocket, nigga. That shit like seven times platinum now, nigga. His biggest performance song stent by himself as a solo artist on Hot 100. That shit went like number two. Shit had the Super Bowl commercials. The shit had everything, nigga. Yeah, Super Bowl commercials? Hell yeah. Shit. And that shit, that, and that was the start of it. And I'm like, oh, we rolling. Then from there, Jay Grand who works for RCA, super influential. He was like one of the A&Rs that was really like an A&R, real nigga to us. Like, boy, he would rent out Paramount for us and fucking buy us all the Katsuya we wanted with the label credit card, nigga, and fucking yeah, buy us that all the liquor. <laughs> use that motherfucking t and bought us all the liquor, and then that's how Chris Brown party happens, and then all this other stuff. And now I'm running them up, getting a couple placements. And Ryan Press has always been like a mentor to me. And I'm like, man, I ain't gonna lie. I went on Breakfast Club like yeah, after, after Big Sean bounced back and Chris Brown party, and I had a bunch of places. I probably had like 50 placements now. So I'm popping my shit on Breakfast Club, and I'm like, man, what y'all really don't realize is I'm really about to be one of the biggest executives I in this game, this nigga. Yeah. Nigga, motherfucking, these labels offering me jobs right now to be A&Rs. You lying your ass. Lying like a motherfucker. <laughs> like that right now, nigga, I'm about to be one of the biggest A&Rs in this game. Watch this shit. Lied. From there, Ryan was like, I've had a conversation with Ryan. He like, you want to meet Craig and Julie? I'm like, yeah, shit, hell yeah, nigga. After I seen you at the BMI Awards, damn near around that time, they took me to meet Craig and Julie, and I went in there and told them a speech, and which I still stand on to this day. There's nobody that's gonna be influential. I'm really cut from that cloth. I'm cut from that Irv Gotti. I'm cut from that motherfucking uh, Jay-Z. I'm cut from that, all, the big producer that works with the artist cloth. You can't tell me nothing about it. I lived it. DMX gave me a dog. You remember seeing me in your office, Julie, right? You remember I was right. sold on? And then they made me the vice president of A&R, Atlantic Records. And then that's when it started getting getting real interesting. That's when it oh, started cracking up. That I don't that for me that wasn't the most impressive part, okay. right? Because I know you can I know you can make that music. was actually a gimme. Yeah, that I, was actually I, that a gimme. Was, like that, you you was gonna you, you were was gonna talking get that. about it, but you you deserved it. Yeah, right. you were gonna get that. My question is, like, guys lock into a zone and go on a run mm -hmm. and find a thing that they are able to milk. Mm -hmm for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And you found a niche in grabbing old records right. 
and reproducing them mm-hmm. and making them brand new smash records. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But there's a very important component to that. This guy worked directly with the guy who did it before. Yeah, Puff. Puff Daddy. The king of it. Yeah. What, so what made you say, this is going to be my formula and nobody's going to beat me? You know what? It was a moment for me. I ain't never going to forget this shit. Um, it fucked me up because uh, Nelly had hot in here, right? Mm. And it was going crazy. Mm. I'm like, damn, this shit crazy. I'm like, for real, crazy. Like, and I've been a student of the game. I know all the producers. I know Puff. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn, niggas, niggas really taking this sample and bringing it back and doing all this other shit or whatever and blah, blah, blah. Once I found out that Nelly hot in here was Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry. No, Chuck, 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 Brown. Chuck Brown. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to the DMV. Yeah. Bro. Shout out to the DMV. Bro I, bro, I was like, oh, fuck no. Uh-uh. Hell no. I'm bringing back Because the first time you hear it, you think it's original. You could, you could put 10 people in this room right now and say, play Nelly hot in here and say, what is that song sample from? And, and I guarantee they won't know. They won't know. They won't know. Yeah, unless they from there. Yeah, they won't know. So and then I was like, oh, shit. I started looking at... Like for real, whole little catalog, and I'm like, damn, he's just making original beats, and just some of the beats aren't original either too. Like he's taking this shit, like homeboy, I came to party. That's a flip. Even uh, nigga uh, with his manager list and the label, the jam still flossing, showing you rocks, nigga. That's an old rap record. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that neither. I didn't know that either. Yes, bro. So I'm like, oh shit, this right. nigga's been doing it, but he finessed it his way. And I'm like, oh, that's the puff way. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna do it my way and just do everything that I grew up on 106 and Park on or whatever, and all the records that I love. I'm just gonna flip them on my own. How did you know it was time, right? Because, like, because there's a sweet the, spot. There used to be a there's thing a where spot. like a certain amount of time used to have to elapse yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. on a record for it to be a classic or even a certain amount of success. No, no, no. You're not you're not flipping yeah. all platinum records. Nah. You're flipping just yeah. whatever got that essence to it that you with, with the feel to it. Yeah. It's what I'm uh, humbly, humbly I want to say this because I didn't know at first but it was just like man like a producer and a top tier producer I was like man it's about the work it's about all this which it really is but they really paying you for your taste level. Mm-hmm. For the taste of music you know that what? you got. Expound on that because Ooh. As a producer, mm-hmm. and this is this is something that gets very, very cloudy in this business, mm-hmm. the producer. Yeah. Right? We have beat makers. Mm-hmm. We have producers. Mm-hmm. We have vocal producers. Mm-hmm. We have finishers. Mm-hmm. Right? We have all these different things that can... Well, you got a nigga like Tank that do it all. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. he, he, would, he would pretty Perform much say... Perform the record. He would pretty much say that I ain't helped him with shit in his life. <laughs> but you know, that is what it is. I mean, because I love the nigga, man. You know what I mean? His kids is my guy kids, my kids is guy kids, man. So it's like, you know, I'm sitting there watching the nigga say, Man, ain't they did shit for me! By myself! <laughs> Records. Right, but... I ask you this because you're 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 fully immersed in it, right. right? And I know you don't champion yourself as like I make beats. Mm-hmm. You're not that guy. That's mm-hmm. not who you say you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, man, I was dating a girl years ago, and um, and I kind of moved into the you know the beat making side of mm-hmm. like buying the NPC and doing. And she was like, <laughs> and I and I had a I had, I had a condo. I mm-hmm. bought my first condo, man. And, 
you know, it wasn't too big, but you know, so you could hear everything in that motherfucker. And I would have the headphones on, and she would wake up in the morning and be like, so how did the, uh, like the bink, bink, binking go last night? Oh, shit. <laughs> like, the who? <laughs> right? But that's all she, that's that's all she could hear, though, was like, bink, 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 right? It paid for this motherfucking condo, right? But whatever, right? But I'm asking you that, though. How do you, as a producer, how do you explain it to, you know, and how do you separate it? Or do you even separate it? Do you even get in that conversation? Because a lot of young yeah. niggas is like, I, I produced it I, I'm and had I a, did it. I'm going to have a conversation for real, for real, because this is a good platform and it's all with creatives here talking about it. So look, everybody produces in their own ways. It's not really many, it's, it's so many ways it could happen. Now, I can speak on my process and my situation. So every flip that y'all hear, for the most part, is me like, yo, yo, Paul, replay this or whatever, yo, I love this record, let's reel it like this, but instead of it, let's flip it, let's add a, a, a pre-hook and change and add it and change the key on the pre-hook or whatever and come back to the shit and do the music for me, blah, blah, blah. They do the music, send it back to me. I love the music because everything he does is fire, he flames it. Then from there, I'll be like, um, shit, who drums work on this shit? Oh, shit, uh, Cardiac, I think it's got a hip-hop feel, it's got a ball, I think this would be crazy. Or uh, any other co-producers I work with. And then from there, they get me the beat, I write the song with the person I want to write the song with. I find the artist to get the song to. Mm -hmm. I push the artist to do the song, get through the song. Then I take the record to Jason Joshua and mix it, and that's the end of it. Now, if it's something else, like I've also mm -hmm. an amazing mixer is very important. Yeah. Shout out to Jason Joshua. You gotta have that. Yeah, absolutely. You gotta have that. Shout out to Ruben. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Ruben's in the. He's somewhere around here. You know what I mean? He's he's grounding right yeah. now. Okay. Okay. Um, but no, but yeah, it's like, please, please finish. That's my bad, but I wanted to shout yeah. these guys out because they, sure. they, they they're not, all, they're they not always it. spoken about. They don't get the glory. Yeah, shout out to Source, deserve. my engineer, and all yeah. that shit, too. So um, it's, that's one way. Another way is I just have creative energy with people. They might send me a beat pack or whatever, and then I'll go and I'll write the song and I'll rearrange your beat or whatever and take this and your outro that you had is really the intro and it's really the pre-hooking and just put together a puzzle like that. So I think that real producing to me is um, you finish, you start to finish. You in it, you in it from the beginning of the concept to whether it's a, a beat that's sent to you and you like, all right, bet, well maybe can we change this around? And you get with Tank and you get with Jay Valentine, you write the hit record and then Tank wants it to be his single and not, cool, if not, then we give it to somebody else and I gotta get them to do it. And I, I, I mean, shit, I did it with Tank on, which I'm at Atlantic, man. A dirty remix, man. That shit was super fire, man. Golly. But we, we did it together. We worked on several records together, so we know the vibes. Yeah, I think it's it's, it's good understanding and going in, because I think a lot of people kind of get lost when it's like a, a kid that does the beat was like, well, I'm the producer on the song. And then you're like, well... That's a part of it. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, but because like, it's also you, when you send it to finishers. When you listen, when you send the beat that is nothing, and then it becomes something because of everything else that's done to it. And even placing for that matter, because you go to extra extra step further. Mm -hmm. You're not just making a song, mm -hmm. you're like, I know exactly where this song should be. Right. Exactly. Then you gotta sell it. Then yeah. You're like, you're you're yeah, yeah. You're doing, you're actually managing now at this point. <laughs> like, right. And selling records to artists is very tough. Very tough. Very. It's very, very tough. There's an art to it. Yeah. Bro, 
the crazy thing is, is that I fight myself daily about this because the, everything we said is true, but it's just a lot of cap to this shit and it's a lot of ego shit or whatever that's also into it too. If I dressed like Ghazi every day or like Craig Calvin every day, nigga, and wore the same outfit, no jewelry, no nothing or whatever, and I wasn't out here and me, then they wouldn't a co wouldn't you wouldn't hear no flack. It would be the most thing because people want the look of it. You know what I'm saying? Now being a producer is a thing, like so the look of it. But like I've run into situations where it's like, damn, it'd be like, people will be jealous of your own success and the blessing that God got on you and overlook the fact the door that you opening up for them. Thousand percent. So you can't let that change you. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like I've been through that so many like times. That not even on a producer or co-producer level, just anybody, man. You know what I'm saying? It could be a management. It could be yeah. you know what I'm saying. People you're yeah. doing like niggas will be, and everybody was so fucked up about being in a position which they don't tell you before you in position that everybody is gonna tell you or t- what they they have an opinion, a skewed thought of. And if I if it was me, I would have did this and blah blah blah. blah. Well, nigga, wait until it's you. Until it's your turn. Yeah. Then you can yeah. do it that way. Especially if a nigga feeding you and got you out like, nigga, like, let's say, not even me. If I was a guy that was a co-producer or somebody that just made beats and program beats all day, like, or in a house with my girl 24-7, and it's somebody that's just, like, making hit after hit after hit, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be no way you could talk bad about anything about that man. Like, hell no. Nah. And I'm big on, I'm not, like, how it was back in the day. Like, bro, I'll let you know. I ain't do that beat. He programmed that beat. I did this, that, and that. Everybody gets their like same credit. Right, you know right, what I'm saying? Right, like, right. So it don't really, like, it don't revive me, but it's like, you don't come across them issues and start feeling like that till you winning. Like, I ain't gonna lie. Like, before I came and did y'all podcast, like, I got plaque, like, this big that just came to my crib, bro. I'm over 100 million records sold, bro. Jesus. <laughs> toast to that. Toast to that. Like, toast to that. Honey so, bun. To, toast to honey going bun. from the motherfucking uh, concentration camp. Man, for real. For nine months yeah. to having over 100 million records sold. No cap. Still Salute a rap. That. It's sitting at my penthouse right now. I got to take it. Right. And, yeah. Yeah, you heard the penthouse. You heard it. I heard you heard it. it. Not the club. No, no, no. Not no, the club, no, but the house. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's, yeah. what's the goal? Right now? Right now. For me, like... It seemed like the and when I first started on this hit maker journey, it was like, man, I want to prove so many niggas wrong. These niggas shitting on me. Yeah, they tried it. Da, da, da. Yeah, I had that. You, you, was definitely <laughs> you know what's funny? And I don't, I don't even, you know, because we've had so many different moments that we've run uh-huh. across each other in this shit. We've been in it for many moons. Mm-hmm. There was a moment in Las Vegas mm-hmm. at the at the the Palms Hotel Studios, mm-hmm. and we were all there. Mm-hmm. It was us three. And Ty Dolla Sign actually, mm-hmm. and we were talking, and this was the this was like the first time that I had that me and you had kind of sat down, right. and I was really like I was like man I really like this dude man he's a really really good dude, and I remember having a conversation with Tank after I said, I hope that his revenge don't get the best of him. Right. I literally said that to him. That's crazy. I was like. That nigga so cool. Because you get all the extra shit. We run into each other and you mm-hmm. see a nigga and you and you like, oh, I think he kind of like this or mm-hmm. I think whatever this this may be. But that that session where we, we sitting in there, I'm like, I really like this dude, man. And he's super, super talented. But in conversation, you were vengeful. Mm-hmm. 
Hell yeah. You were vengeful, and I and I remember I remember telling Tank, I'm like, bro, I, I hope that I hope the revenge don't get the best of him, man, because that dude really is talented. Bro, I had a chip because you gotta think all the shit that I went through in the past or whatever. Right. Like it was it wasn't because of me. It was because I was putting myself around bad people. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like so, I took a lot of L's not on the strength of me personally being a person that was supposed to have that L, but I'm the the I'm the famous guy. So you you hold that L. So at that point, man, I was just like. Like, in my mind, I was thinking, like, man, fuck these niggas. They're going to see I'm going to step on these. But now, my whole vibe, bro, this shit is a testimony, bro. Like, I don't even want to do nothing. It's not about holding my own dick and being like, I'm the nigga and I'm hit maker, boy. I ain't on none of that shit. I'm still young Berg, nigga. I still meet people every day, get them opportunity, nigga. If you, it don't matter. I don't care if you black, blue, brown, nigga. If you talented and you could flex up and you could work with me in the studio, I, every day I'm touching somebody else. I'm giving people opportunities. All my co-writers that I work with, I'm putting them on my singles, on my album. This is not about me no more. I'm good. It's about inspiring the next person. Yeah. Maybe I could put the ball in somebody else's hand and when I decide to stop dribbling that motherfucker, they could pull me up, circle of success type shit. You know what I'm saying? And on a big scale, anybody that's living, that's seen my journey, man, they know that this shit is so possible as long as you work hard and keep God first, percent. bro. Absolutely. 1,000%. Yes, bro. Like It's niggas that diss me in songs that, that, that pay me top dollar for songs now. But not even like the diss because like whatever happened, it was a relevant punchline in. But what, you going to stop and not get your money and go work and do all this other shit because the nigga felt on my way? You have to strip all that shit down like, man, and just be like, who's next? Like, look at this. Look at what God blessed me with. Let's not even right. Don't let's block not your focus blessing. on, yeah, Don't let's not focus blessing. on no bullshit or whatever, man. Let's be a light. Let somebody be inspired by you. Let somebody feel like, man, I could take it there. Yeah. Because it's possible. And I, and, I, and I say that to circle all the way back, like the course, right? Mm -hmm. We all have a story. Mm -hmm. We all have a gang of L's. Nah, for sure. But it was all par for the course. And we can do one of two things, right? Mm -hmm. We can repeat the cycle or we can decide to do better mm -hmm. and start a different cycle. Facts. And that's what me and this guy is committed to and loving hearing you say that you've committed to that same thing yeah. because that's what's going to make the difference in our culture, not continuing to repeat the cycle where we continue to hold each other down and always want to stand on top of each other. Man, I can stand, man, I can stand right next to my brother, man, and, and support his shine, mm -hmm. dance, dance when he succeeds. You know what I'm saying? Shout him out like, man, go get it, man. Listen, I, yeah. if we all came, if we're not fighting to pay for dinner, it's a problem. It's a problem. For sure. That's how it's got to be. All right. It, As they would say, players don't keep score. Man. I'm, I'm, man, that's the best, the best thing you said all day. I swear, this no, shit. It's real. I'm living it, bro. That's I, real. And, it, and it's a different level of maturity. Right, it's a different level of maturity to say, yeah, like, okay, nigga got that off. You know what? It's bigger than that. Hell yeah. Cause it's like, even like now, like, I just see the 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 plan and the plot being so bigger. Like, bang, like you gotta think, bro. I was went from 
I'm not gonna say lying, but but speak. You know, I was technically lying, but speaking about being executive on the Breakfast Club and like seeing my life prior to that, like I always looked at the Barry Gordys and the L.A. Reeds and all these different people, whatever. But now it's like, who better to be inside a building than me? Like, what are you talking about? I've been the artist. I've been through any the worst thing an artist can go through. Like, I went through being canceled before being canceled. Was was a thing. Thing. <laughs> right. Like, I went through everything yeah. possible, and I'm still. One of the biggest in the game, relevant, making music, churning out this shit. Like, I had 227 placements yet last year. This, this, that was the sixth year, six of my run. Like, 227 places. So you was pretty missed. much placing a record almost every day. Damn near. Like, but take no, we, all we do is go to the studio. I don't got no kids. I don't got no other, I don't got no job. This is my job. This is my life. So you Can you believe think, this is your actual job? Like, when you look at it and you wake up, you're like, yo, this is really what I get to do every day. Like, I don't think that collectively in this business we ever truly take those times unless somebody reminds us to say, bro, you get to do this every day. This is, this is the blessing of all blessings. It is on a big scale. Like, that shit, like, it's, it's no way to be replaced or whatever. But... That kind of that thought kind of inspired me some. So I'm working for Atlantic or whatever, and then it's like I'm lost into the sauce, and I'm like, man, well, you know, cause I, <laughs> the deals I had over there, Atlantic, like I really went in, like, man, my success and like my people set me up. They, they it was everything was Gucci, but um, I realized that they wasn't trying to make me a boss. They was just wanted the records from me. You know what I'm saying? Like we cool. And then I was like, damn, like, I was watching everybody else's trajectory and see how people, you know what I'm saying, the shit go like this or whatever, like, and I was like, damn, well, this producer or this songwriter kind of took a dip because he only focused on himself. He didn't work with everybody. That's why I was like, I'm not singling myself out. I'm not only working with three niggas. I don't care if I get an email or a text or somebody hit me on Instagram. They got some fire shit, nigga. This is what we on. Yeah. We gonna work with everybody in the game. And, you know, Atlantic... I, w- I was able to be on both sides of the fence because, like, I'm still an artist. I'm still a creative, but I'm in these executive meetings and I'm seeing things. And we kind of part way. We came to a to a part in the ways which we did a damage, like several number one records, hella millions of records together. And um, L.A. Reid, I met a speaking of L.A. Reid, happy birthday, L.A. Reid. I met a, I met him and I always looked up to him. Tricky Stewart introduced me to him formally or whatever, and. Um, he was just like so like with me. He was just like, man, you that nigga. Like, this is this is what it is. And he like, man, bro, I don't even really got it like this or whatever. Like, but I wanna give you a label deal. And I believe in you. And I wanna make sure you get the money. And I'm working for Atlantic at this time or whatever. And um, they ain't offering me no label deal. Like I put putting, putting up hits. I'd already did number ones for niggas and all type of shit. They ain't come to me and say, no, here go a label deal. We think so LA offered it to me and I loved LA. I'm like, man, this this nigga is amazing, man. Like, I want to be around this guy. So I go back to Craig, and I'm like, um, hey, bro, L.A. off me label deal. It's like a million dollars or something like $2 million on signing. Let me go get my money. Like, we out. No, no. Fuck, no, no way. We, we love you, your family. We love you. And I'm like, okay. So they're like, let's show, let's, let's show you how much we love you. So they came back, they gave me a deal, and um, the deal, you know, it stopped me from doing business with L.A. 
You know what I'm saying? And then, because I was already locked in at Atlantic and the deal was cool, you know what I'm saying? I took the deal, it was an interesting time or whatever, and it was a good good deal, you know, but it wasn't what I was worth. Well, this this what happened. They gave me the deal. So now I'm in an AR meeting, right? And they like, um, here comes such and such. She, you know what I'm saying? Everybody wants to sign this kid. He has a bidding war all over. Columbia is really heavy on him, or Republic or anybody or whatever. They, they, they got they got the offer in now. Blah blah. He wants he wants nine million dollars. He's got one song. He doesn't have a mixtape, but it's the biggest viral shit in the world. Mm-hmm. So he come in. He don't perform. He don't do nothing. He don't wow me. And these niggas was really sitting there talking about giving him nine million dollars. And then you realizing what your deal was. Yeah. He said, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> like, wait, wait, what? And I done sold millions of records. I done been here for four years. Like, we, what? Right. This was like the end of my concert. So it was like three and a half. I did, come on, man. Like, I did the ones, the big records. Like, Shit. and y'all went and told me, we gonna show you how much we... We believe in you and how much we care about you because you're a family, because you've been with us. So from now, I'll never forget this shit. Um, I left the office that day, and I went back to the hotel, and then shit, uh, the next day, the, the A&R meeting con- kept going. I ain't show up. So, like, they all calling me. They all, like, summoned me to the office. I go down. You know, I was super close with Larry and... I still love all these people to the day because there's nothing bad about the story. I'm still very successful. It is what it is. So they like, what's the issue? I'm like, I don't feel like y'all believe in me like how you're supposed to, whatever. We breaking down different stuff. And they were like, well, what do you want? I was like, if you really believe in me, y'all paying $12,000 a month for me to be in a studio without paying my, my, my engineer. I want my own studio. Do what L.A. Reid did for Tricky Stewart in, in, back when they, he was on fire or do what y'all did for DJ Drama or whatever you want to outline it as. Believe in me because I know when Tricky put me on game, he said, well, shit, when L.A. left or whatever, I kept my studio. It was my studio. Can't take it. So I'm like, believe in me in that type, invest in me in that type of manner. And it was like, how much you think that shit is gonna cost? Like, when people was like, oh, like four or five more million, you know what I'm saying? I ought to do it in LA to do it the right way, the way he would wanna do it. Four, three million, four million, and shit. They were like, all right, bet, we gonna get back to you and see how this work or whatever for you, and we gonna make it happen. We believe in you, our guy. And they never made it happen. So from there, I was like, damn, L.A. Reid, even after I dubbed the deal and I couldn't take the million dollars from L.A., this man somehow turned my million dollars into a song deal and still gave me the million dollars. Still wanted to do business. Yeah. Like, you can't come be a part of shit here. I'm still going to give you the same amount of money I was going to give you to do that for this. I'm like, that's a real relationship. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, damn, this, 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 this ain't what I think it is. So from there... They never hollered back. And I, my partner, Chris Sean, who's amazing, who I do all my records with or whatever, yeah, we had a group. Well, we still have a group. And um, he was like, man, can you see if you could go meet Ghazi or whatever and get us a deal with Empire? I'm like, yeah. So I reached out to Ghazi. We go up there, and Ghazi was like, 
telling me a bunch of different stories of his past, because I didn't know that he worked with Atlantic that tough, too, you know what I'm saying? That he started all the records and this and the third. And I was like, oh, really? So then once he got that transparent with me, I got to be even more transparent with him about my situation or whatever, what was going on. And I was just like, yo, like, because they had put my back against the wall. Like, you don't even understand. Like, they had put basically put a bounty on my head, like, oh, you ain't happy? Pay this number and you can leave or, or not. And the relationship was already so muddy, you know what I'm saying? After I, I'm like, damn. So I told Gazi what the number was. I'm like, bro, like, shit, they, they want, I'm, I'm, they, they saying I got to buy myself out with this or give them the money back myself. And I was going to give them the money back. My dumb ass, but one of my mentors, my OGs, chimed in with me and said, nigga, you in the music industry, you don't get no motherfucking money back. <laughs> <laughs> None of it. So I said, all right, man. And Gazi was just like, bro, I believe in you. I thought you was coming up here to ask me to do a producer album or something like that. I thought we was going to do small business, but I believe in you. Here's the compound in San Francisco. This is what I want to do. I'm going to get you a penthouse here in San Francisco or whatever. You just come work with us or whatever. And please, bro, like if you would allow us to work together, I think this would be great for us or whatever. And he went and he paid Atlantic their money back. And that's how I left Atlantic Records. Wow. Wow. Did not know that. I didn't know that neither. Yeah. So that, that that shit heavy on me. So now it's like, now the game, like, oh, you ain't got your studio no more? They was empowering the studio. They, 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 niggas trying to, like, put chinks in my armor. Like, oh, you empire? They not knowing the empire, damn, they were the biggest company in the game. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. Like, but it's indie. It's not what I right. used to be, whatever. Most, it's most, like, most people don't understand market shit. Right. Bro. So... My back was against the wall. Like, I would be seeing shit. Niggas would be screenshotting shit, like close friends shit. It would be producers I work with and songwriters I work with. Like, man, this nigga bird and fucked up. He done fucked up. He, he gonna fall off after this, da, da, da. Because we had so much massive success. And then from there, I got in with Gazi. I ain't never gonna lie, man. I met Young Blue in the airport. Young Blue was like, man, like... Let's work together. And you know how you be in an airport. I ain't really figured out. I ain't know. I ain't take it serious or whatever. So we end up meeting again. We went up there, and uh, we was in San Francisco, and we was just working. He's like, man, I need a hit. And you know, my first mind, I collaborated with Chris so much. I'm like, nigga, you want a song with Chris Brown, it's out of here. Right, right. It's out of here, nigga. We going number one. So we in there. We cooked the hook up. Me, him, Blue, Ivory, Chris Brown, we did it all together. Then from there, I ended up getting Brown on the record. And that was my first one out the gate with Regazi, with him browning two chains or whatever. Oh, and it, it's platinum record, it's been the fucking um shit. It was one of them reoccurring motherfuckers. That shit was top 10 for 47 weeks out of the year last year. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to everybody involved. And that was my first one off the hip. Then we came with the Peru record after that. Yeah. Then I did Tink Project, not Tink shit. She got the most added last week at Urban Radio with her record. Too. Nigga, she shout out, shout out to our business partner too. Nikki Halstead. Shout out to Nikki yeah. 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 Shout out to my little brother, Young Blue. Mm -hmm. yeah. We back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we back. <laughs> Me and my brother, it's we family. back. It's family. It's family, man. baby. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's an amazing story, man. An amazing path that you've taken. Mm -hmm. And the, the one consistent thing is you never stop making the music. Never. Right? Because this is the only industry that any day of the week, any time of the year, you can wake up and hit the lottery. Facts. Yep. But you just have to continue to do it. Facts. And, that, and, and what I've found in my years in the music business is the guys who 
don't really ever reach their potential are the guys who stop. Yeah. You will have your time. You will have your time. You will have your season. Even, even some of the guys that we may not consider to be the most talented, they found their way because they just stayed in it. Yeah. They stayed at it. And it's just like, yo, you, you know that record such and such is, what's the name's record? Like, who? Mm-hmm. Hell no. Nah. Yeah. You know how many times I do that a week probably? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's who record? Oh, man, that's amazing, bro. Yeah. And we salute it, right? But when guys give up on it, that's when it's over. Other than that, it's never over. Like, this is an ageless business. Yeah. This business is based on Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't never got to grow up in this motherfucker. Hell no. Like, you can make your life <laughs> yeah. whatever you want it to be in this music if you stay true to it and you, you stay at it. And for that, bro, I, I just want to salute you for that. Because you, you faced yeah. enough. Yeah. Right? Yeah. For the average motherfucker to be like, man, I'm done with this shit. Like, this is, this is, and to, to further go into it, to know that nigga, you actually come from money. You didn't have to do the shit. No. You could hit any roadblock. Just did real estate. Nigga, I'm going. You, you, just, just, you and your pops yeah. could have just did real estate business. Facts. It's and not as cool as this shit, though. No, like, <laughs> like let's let's be let's let's keep it funky, though. This is this right. is the cool. But the coolest part about my shit is that I'm just getting started. The journey yeah. is just beginning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, I ain't. You know. I it's ain't like you know what that. happens though when you when you hit. Mm-hmm. Now, now nothing's off limits. Like your access now right. is unlimited. It's like, oh, I see it so much clearer now. Yeah. And I can do so much more now with the access that I have. Yeah, yeah, right. And if they won't do this, I'll do it myself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That's when you hit a stride. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. Come on, man. So, Bert. I, we got, I don't we got, know how he's going to play this next segment, yeah, 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 but I don't know how he's going to do it. You know, it's not, I, I, you know, it's not you what know, he does. If, he, if, you, if you've seen, you seen what we be on, man, like we got this special segment of the show, man. Mm-hmm. It's called I Ain't Saying No Names. Oh, you good. can't say names, Berg. Okay. okay. I, I seen it with Jamie Foxx. Okay. You can't do it. Okay. Yeah. Right. So the story can be funny or fucked up or both. But you can't say the actual names of the people. You can say shit around it that a motherfucker <laughs> try to figure some shit out, but you can't say their names. Youngberg, Hitmaker. Hit you you can't. can't say it was me and nigga, somehow and I end up in the room with <laughs> Nah, you can't. Story. You know what I mean? Damn. I mean, I know you got some fucked up stories, nigga. What was Jamie, what was, what was, the, last, what was the last guy, what, anybody that y'all think, how did, what was it? The Foxes started off. <laughs> I'm in the room, we're in this hotel room, <laughs> and this with woman a, is doing cocaine. With a, with a famous actress. A famous actress. <laughs> I'm not doing cocaine. She's doing cocaine. I'm not because of my religious beliefs. That's how his starts off. <laughs> we, uh, we, need, we need some good, man. We need, we know, you know, we need a legendary mm. hit maker story, man. Without the names. Oh, shit. Without the names. I'm trying to think, man. Come on, Damn. man. Tap into your ecstasy and shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> Give me half. Give me half. <laughs> what y'all call it? A bean? What y'all call it a bean? The guy get it? Yeah. I, listen, I never got into the nicknames. I was just... <laughs> I never... Just I, give me the X. Just give me the X. Which color you want, bro? Just don't confuse me. Just give me Damn. the X. Damn. 
All right. Okay. 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 Um, I was at a famous person's house, and I was I was working with a with a bunch of other famous people before they were famous. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody was on the come up or whatever. We in Hollywood, blah blah blah, and the famous person who house it was wanted to have a meeting with me. So we like, I go to the living room or whatever, but it's another famous person with him that's a lady that's um that's giving him a hand job under the covers of the, uh, uh, like he's sitting there on the couch or whatever. But during he, the meeting? He, during the meeting. Like he, <laughs> She's a famous girl. Like we know, she's a beautiful. Is, is she looking at you like, yeah, nigga, this is no, no. what I'm on? Meanwhile, she wasn't his girlfriend. The famous girlfriend is also in the house oh, shit. while this is happening too. Just floating around. In the meeting. Yeah, in the meeting. So he's talking to you though. Like how we talking right now, boy. He getting a full hand job. And they, <laughs> and eyes ain't enough, eyes ain't enough contact with me. <laughs> you are not allowed. <laughs> you are not allowed to look at me while you are getting a hand job. But did she look at you? No, they was in their own thing. I think they were on some uh, enhancements. You know. What yeah, I'm you can't look at me because somehow I'm gonna feel like. I'm part of the inspiration. I don't want it. Yeah, I, I, that was wild. Did you get a deal out of that? No. No. He didn't get, get a get happy ending. <laughs> Nothing happened. It was whatever. Oh, that's sad. Uh, I went, uh, That is the entertainment industry. I guarantee that, 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 that is. That is. <laughs> Listen, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I am Tank. I'm Jay Valentine. And this has been. Hitmaker. Yes, sir. Hit on me. the RB Money Podcast. Emphasis on Hitmaker. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.